0: is The Talking Dead, a podcast dedicated to the AMC TV show, The Walking Dead.
1: Hi, my name is Jason. And my name is Chris. And this is The Talking Dead, episode number 356, recorded Tuesday, December 19th, 2017. It sure is. Thank you for tuning
0: in, everyone, to episode 356 of the podcast. This will be our feedback show for the mid-season finale, which is now a week and a day behind us already. So I apologize for that. In case anyone was wondering, and I know there's a few of you, we had to delay because I was traveling for work. I was in Vancouver, and uh, they don't have microphones or the internet in Vancouver, so I couldn't record while I was there. Luckily, they do have Star Wars. They do have Star Wars and I was able to see the Star Wars on opening night or almost pre-opening night because we saw it Thursday, basically got off the plane, went straight to a movie theater. As as you should. As I should. And you've seen it now. I have. So we are going to be talking about Star Wars, but not on this podcast because- No, we got enough to cover on this podcast. We do have enough to cover. We have enough feedback to get through, but I don't want to leave Star Wars too long. So we'll have to figure something out for for doing that because we've reviewed the last two Star Wars movies and I think that's just a thing we're gonna to have to do all the time every time a Star wars movie comes out sure that sounds good
1: you know this is the Walking Dead podcast and the Star Wars review podcast yeah well it seems that way so that that's okay <laughs> and and Chris I want to wish you a happy hundreds uh hundreds Anniversary of the uh, the first game of the Maple Leafs. Wow, look at you! (laughs) Only they were called the Arenas back then. Is that right? For a few years, they
0: were the Toronto Arenas. They were also the Toronto St. Pat's for a while, and then they became
1: the Maple Leafs. Yeah, and they've. I listened to the news. Okay, and the news told me this. So it's not like I knew this somehow and remembered to mark the date in my calendar. Well,
0: it it was weird because they the Leafs played against the Carolina Hurricanes uh tonight or this afternoon today, at 2 p.m., which was the same time as their original mm-hmm. game. It was to the minute. They started the game 100 years ago today at 2 p.m. in the afternoon. So,
1: only this time they won. Last time they won as well, didn't they? No, no, they lost. They won the Stanley Cup that year, but they lost that first game to Montreal, they 10-9, right? Oh, I don't know. Now we're getting into the realm of actually knowing something. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Anyway, they won. No, I, well,
0: I may be mistaken, but I think Toronto won the first game 10 to nine, which is a ridiculous hockey score. However, today they beat Carolina eight to one, which is also a ridiculous hockey score. So they're keeping up tradition. Oh, good. You know what else was funny that happened today during the game? Nope. The Maple Leafs, as a franchise in 100 years, scored the 20,000th goal in franchise history 20,000 20, 20,000th goal during this game 100 years to the day after they started wow isn't that crazy Is that the most ever or uh what's the highest well it's probably the most ever I don't know but you know only really Montreal has been around about as long so wow yeah uh anyways thank you <laughs> and uh the, I'm sure the Maple Leafs thank you too I'm sure they do. All right. We're here to do our feedback and there is a lot of it, which I'll talk about in a second, but let's just look at the ratings really quick for season eight, episode eight. And, uh, the, the number of viewers came in at 7.89 million for the (gasps) mid season finale. So kind of a disappointing number, I would say. We're so fucked. But, (laughs) (laughs) I don't they're know. They're going to cancel it. They're going to cancel it. I, how can they cancel it? Come on. I mean, $7.89 million, despite these lower numbers, it's still pretty much the highest watched show on TV.
1: Now, well, they're going to drop the budget down to like $4 an episode. If you can film an episode for $4, you can do it. Sure. I don't know if that's going to be the case, but you're right. They
0: could adjust budgets based on numbers. You know, you can only compare a show to itself. And there was a time when we were getting 15 to 17 million. And here we are at 7.89, which is up slightly from episode seven, but really roughly around the same that we've had since, I mean, episode two of this season.
1: And even episode one was only 11 and a half million. So you think Gail Ann Hurd walked into a room, uh, earlier this year and said, you know what? we can't afford Chandler Riggs anymore. I'd like to be able to keep him on the show, but we just can't afford him. So we got to cut him. We got to cut him. You know, who really knows? There is a whole thing
0: around Chandler Riggs being off the show now, which, you know, we can talk about, but we have a lot to go through this this podcast. But just really quick, uh, you know, Chandler, his dad referred to him as being fired from the show rather than being written off or being killed off, which, you know, killed off doesn't sound great either. But the word fired has a certain amount of well, connotation behind it, right?
1: Well, you think he was shooting spitballs at people constantly and, you know, pissing people off and putting those little, uh, explody things into people's cigarettes. They, they still sell those, I assume. <laughs> I really you don't them know. put in cigarette and you start smoking and they go pow and they, they kind of explode. That doesn't sound like a thing to me, but I don't know. Maybe Oh, it's a thing. Believe me. When uh, we used to, in the pipe band, we used to go down to the States and uh, do parades down there. And my friend, Andrew, used to stick, uh, stick those things into Bob's uh, cigarettes and they would go pow. and he'd get so mad. Oh, well, I can see that. That wouldn't make me very
0: happy. But no, his, his dad posted the thing on Facebook saying, I never trusted Scott Gimple and how could he fire my son two weeks before his 18th birthday and things like that. Now he did finish the post with, "It's been a great experience" and so on, being on The Walking Dead. But then the whole thing was deleted, so it was a little. Well, it's a little there. rash.
1: It is. But he, I mean, people get. Uh, it's the nature of the beast, right? You're on TV for a little while, and you know your character arc could be uh, eight episodes, it could be fifteen seasons, or you know things change over time. Yeah, I mean, I, look at Taxi. I well, I mean Taxi. <laughs> You remember Taxi? Yeah, I remember Taxi. Okay, Taxi. I mean it, it uh, Danny DeVito was on that show, uh-huh. with a bunch of other people and then there was uh, Balky, not Balky, but uh uh damn it. What's his name? The 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 guy the mechanic that would uh, comedian he ended up fighting uh women's wrestling. I don't I don't know. Duck Brown was on it though, right? Andy something. Yeah. Anyway, the show just uh, it, it evolved into uh damn it, I forget the guy's name. Andy something. Oh, I know. Yes. Um, Andy. Anyway, you think of that. The show basically became the, that Andy character show. Everybody else became. Andy, yeah. Andy Kaufman. It basically became the Andy Kaufman show and everybody else was a side character to this because he became so popular that everybody else just kind of got shoved into this uh, supporting role. Mm -hmm. I mean, and I'm sure their salaries got cut and they were all pissed off about it. I'm absolutely positive, but it's the nature of TV. Sure. And what I was going to say is, you know, I'm sure
0: um I'm sure Chandler's dad was just emotional in the moment. It's just that his choice of time for posting that was questionable because it's not like he found out Chandler was fired when he watched the episode. He knew for months, you know, while right. they were filming it, and he held on to that. So, he would have had time to Collect his thoughts and maybe- Consider his response. Consider his response, exactly. But, you know, maybe just watching the episode brought it all back and he posted it and thought better of it later, so. Can can you pre-tweet? Like, write a tweet and then schedule when it goes out? Well, this was on Facebook, I think, and he you can pre-Facebook, yes. So you think he pre-Facebooked it? No, I forgot. I have no idea. And was was like, oh shit, that went out. And then he went back and deleted it. <laughs> maybe, who knows? I, <laughs> I think he probably just got emotional in the moment and then realized that he should probably have kept his mouth shut, so. He absolutely should have. But all this comes um, back to you suggesting that Galen and Hurd's like, we can't afford Chandler Riggs anymore. And <laughs> you never know, that could have been, I, I hope it doesn't come down to that, but there's a lot of people on this show and a lot of them get paid really well, I'm sure. I really don't know. And Chandler's- actors. All and... actors get paid well, I assume. Well, of course. Chandler's up and coming. He's pretty good. And uh, maybe they just weren't interested in renewing that contract.
1: Yeah. I mean, it could be a, you know, a smart consideration. They got into a room. It's like, okay, if we, uh, if we cut Chandler, Chandler Riggs, uh, he is probably going to get work because he's a really good actor. But if we cut that Norman Reedus guy, he's never going to work <laughs> again. So <laughs> we should keep him around for pure pity. We don't want that poor guy to live in poverty. I mean, he's, he's yeah. he needs a job. He, yeah, he's never going to work again. He's typecast. He's, uh, he's not very good. Right. Uh, you know, so you think that kind of plays into it?
0: I don't know. I, I, I hope not. I hope not. I hope they're, they're doing what's best for the story, but that's going to come up later during the feedback. So let's, let's move on. We have a lot of it, uh, way, way more feedback than, than usual. And, uh, I still have roughly 50 unread emails to go through, so, I apologize if your feedback isn't on here, but I may have just not read it yet. So we'll, we'll get to that. And I'd say there's a good chance that we'll record another feedback show sometime in the near future, assuming that, you know, some of those 50 emails are solid gold and, and we need to read them on the air. And knowing our listeners, I am confident that they
1: are. So I'm sure there's definitely some, uh, some roses in there and maybe a couple of onions.
0: Yeah, uh, absolutely. So, but let's go through what we have today, starting now
1: listener feedback.
0: All right. So our first message, uh, I'm going to start on a, on a positive note here, Jason, because I think as we, (laughs) I think as we go through these, (laughs) yeah, I think as we go through the, through these, it's going to become clear that this episode was not enjoyed by very many people, or at least the people who have spoken up are the ones who did not enjoy it. But let's start with Chris in the UK who writes, holy crap, did I watch a different show to everybody else? I've yet to find anyone with a good word to say about this mid-season finale, but I loved it. It was sad, it was funny, it was tense, and it surprised me. I was entertained for the duration. Is it just me? No, Chris, I don't think it's just you. I kind of enjoyed it. I'm I'm with you. I enjoyed it, too. I, I can see all of the criticism that many people have, which, you know, we'll get to, but I did enjoy it. I enjoyed watching it, and... Some of the things that bothered other people about it didn't really bother me that much, uh, although I can understand them. So, um, yeah. So Chris, you're not the only one and I'm sure there are others out there who, who enjoyed it as well. So don't feel- Not to be fair, Chris,
1: you, you may have watched a different show than everybody else. I mean, are you sure you were watching The Walking Dead? You weren't watching, watching like, uh, uh, Ash versus the Evil Dead?
0: Oh, Ash versus Evil Dead. Now that's a show that everybody enjoys. Yeah, so maybe you were watching that. I don't know. Maybe you were watching the season finale for Fear the Walking Dead, which I thought was very good. Yeah, I, I just, you know, I'd go back and double check, Chris. Yeah, just, you know what, maybe make sure, because <laughs> we wouldn't want you to be speaking out of turn here, and yeah. uh, that that's not going to be good for anybody. So just in case, go back and double check. And definitely watch Ash vs. Evil Dead because it's on Netflix now, at least in the States. Uh, Chris is in the UK, so that doesn't help him. But find it where you are and watch it. And then go listen to my other podcast about that because it's fun too. I should watch that show. I don't watch that show. You should watch it, man. It's so good. And uh, it's just so much fun. And they're short episodes, so you can plow through it if you need to. All right. I'll watch them all
1: tomorrow. Funny stuff. Do it. You're on vacation. You got the time. Oh, I got stuff to do. (laughs) Christmas is coming. It's the most. Annoying time of the year. It's only six days away, so. I'm aware. You better get ready. Yep. Okay. All right. So next we have an email from Aaron in North Tonawanda, New York. Holy crap. That was the lamest mid-season finale ever. So much buildup and more annoying flashbacks. Not surprised. Uh, Not surprised just to find out that Carl is fish bait. That kid had it coming. No tears shed here. Well. There we go. So Aaron didn't
0: like the episode at all. Um, I I don't think the flashbacks bothered me one bit. Uh, I think they, in a way, if I'd been paying attention, telegraphed sort of what was going to happen. Having Carl and Rick flashback to that gas station run. Yep. But the fact that they were, that flashback was there didn't really bother bother me at all I think I actually think it added to the episode it gave us a little bit more more insight into what Carl was feeling and what he was thinking especially after meeting Sadiq at least it wasn't a voiceover oh my god yeah we don't want a voiceover if they were walking and we heard their conversation voiced over not good Uh, Yeah, that that would be a
1: bad thing. You
0: know what, though? The show does that sometimes, come to think of it. Don't forget, the friggin' opening of of episode one of season eight was them standing on that truck delivering that speech, and it was voiced over a lot of stuff. Didn't bother (sighs) me at the time, though. No, but voiceovers are generally considered bad, aren't they? (sighs) I I guess. Maybe used in the right way, they're okay. (laughs) Maybe. Could be. I don't know. It didn't seem to bother me then, but when you say voiceover, that certainly makes my skin crawl a little bit.
1: <laughs> That's because you're thinking of, uh, uh, oh, damn it. My brain is, I'm actually getting another cold. Can you believe that? So my brain is a little bit mushy right now.
0: What is the matter? D- dude, don't you don't know. To, you I don't
1: know. You need to take care of yourself. Oh, I'm taking care of myself. It was just, you know, my son is in daycare and well, that shit comes home. with Quit him. hanging out with him, man. Just, oh. <sighs> yeah anyway so my brain is a little bit mushy I just have to uh let you all know all right so
0: can you recall what you were going for or is you just Harrison Ford movie
1: with replicants Harrison oh Blade Runner Blade Runner thank you yes uh there was voiceover in Blade Runner and that was bad uh now they added the voiceover later, right? Or, yes. Or yeah. did they edit it? The There's th- another version. There's so many versions of that friggin' movie. One of them had voiceover and it sucked. But I forget, was it in the original
0: theatrical release? And then they took it out, right? Yeah, I don't know. I don't remember, but yeah, I got to go back and watch that because I want to watch the new Blade Runner and I've heard it's help. it's good to watch the original
1: first. Hmm. So we'll get Even to that. Even with the sexual assault?
0: Well, <laughs> anyway, we don't mm-hmm. have to
1: get into Blade Runner and uh, yeah.
0: I mean, it doesn't invalidate the fact that it's a movie and I want to watch it, whether...
1: No, we, you can just stop watching at that point point. just cut that scene out. Anyway, let's just, let's try and stay on task here. Dan on the internet writes, <laughs> I
0: couldn't believe that Rick wandered so mindlessly into his obviously empty house Did he really think Carl and Michonne would have just hung out there with Judith? Didn't he realize that's exactly where Negan would be? This is the kind of thing that pisses me off. The writers having what seems to be contempt for the intelligence of the audience. They have characters do mindlessly stupid things all the time just to have an easy way to put the character in a situation for something dramatic to happen. Why not work a bit harder to bring people into a dramatic situation? What do you think about that, about Rick wandering into his house? Like, the the town's on fire. He knows, I mean, I guess he knows there are saviors there. He must have seen their trucks or something like that. And the first thing he does is goes to his house and sort of creeps in, not really realizing that he's going to get attacked. What do you think? Well,
1: to be fair, if my town was on fire and I came into town, I'd probably want to come to my house and see if my family was okay. That's funny. I 100% agree with you. That's the first place I would go, right? If
0: if you're under attack and you're not with your family and you need to find them, where else are you going to go unless you have a meeting point pre-agreed to? Yeah, which we do. You don't, but we do. It's a good idea, but maybe Rick doesn't have that. And he went to his house and that's exactly what I would do too. So here's a situation where I don't really hold this against... The writers and um, maybe I don't know maybe maybe he could have been more careful or something but
1: oh yeah you go in expecting friggin trouble like hoping for the best but preparing for the worst yeah you go in with your your weapon ready which he did and, have uh, right and he's a police officer so you think he'd know how to clear a friggin building so uh, you know cover your ass
0: shithead well but i I'm trying to say that I think he I'm not sure he was that careless and reckless going in there like that. Like he had his gun ready. He was trying to be quiet, although he didn't really need to even whisper out any names and he was going slow. Like, what else can you do? I don't know. Get a cloaking device of some kind. <laughs> might help. Put on your invisibility cloak and then no one will see you coming. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, I had, I, I, there are all kinds of examples, I think, of people being put into situations just so something dramatic can happen. This one. Again, I can see Dan's point, but it doesn't really bother me as much because I can see
1: myself doing that. Yeah, absolutely. All right, next we have an email from Billy Ray down in Chicagoland. Holy crap, did you see how Negan went down like a sack of overcooked linguine? Uh, When Rick hit Negan with that brass thing, Negan went down, and frankly, he should have never gotten back up. Rick clocked him, but good, but good, and then what? a love tap with the handle of Lucille, Rick should have been swinging for the fences. 100% agree. The more I think about this scene, the more
0: it kind of bothers me that Rick didn't just take a full swing with that bat. I would have been more satisfied with it if he'd gone for the full swing and missed than spinning the bat around and hitting him with, butt-ending him with the end of the handle.
1: What do you yeah. think? Yeah, absolutely. It sh- he should have, or something should have happened. Uh, but yeah, just, you know, tapping him with the handle of it once he has Lucille in his hands, like, come on.
0: Yeah, it's, this bothers me even more than not shooting Negan at the beginning. It bothers me more than Father Gabe being in a room with him and not killing him. And, And the only
1: explanation is that either Negan or Lucille have special powers that you just, when it gets down to it, you just don't want to kill him. It It is
0: something, it's something like that, you know,
1: I, it, th- I mean, you can, you can think about killing him, you can plan on killing him, but when you walk up to him and you put the gun to his head, you just don't feel like pulling the trigger anymore. You just
0: can't pull the trigger. It's something yeah. about that guy. I don't know. It's, I, I, I agree though, like a different outcome in this scene or the same outcome, but just a different way of getting there would have worked better for me. Swing and miss or, you know, have Negan roll out of the way. I mean, I know he'd just been hit with the, whatever that brass thing was and that would have hurt, but let's just yep. say, you know, Rick maybe didn't quite get him full on in the side of the head and
1: I don't know. And I'll bang your head on a beam or something, you know, like, you know, you're moving around, you bang your head, you you miss, you yeah. drop the bat, uh, you accidentally shit your pants, something. <laughs> just something
0: please something other than turn it around and hit him with the the wrong end of it so yeah so it's i don't know i don't know what to tell you but it the scene kind of it was a fun fight scene and i liked it when he crashed out the window but the the bat the lucille bat swing was was just terrible it's too bad uh okay next is anna in wales would somebody please switch the lights on? Why do all the important episodes always play out at night? The sound is so bad on this program that I always have to watch with the subtitles on, and now I'm squinting to make out what's happening in the dark.
1: Yeah, well they shoot on film, right? They do shoot on film, so it's grainier than usual. And then they transfer it to video, which you lose your uh, your depth of field, or not the depth of field, your uh, uh, the amount of blacks you can you can have because there's. Uh, the range dynamic range mm-hmm. you, so you lose that so all the shadows seem to be darker you lose a certain amount of detail basically
0: yeah yeah well i kind of agree i i uh i do think the show is sometimes a bit dark uh but it does help to watch the iTunes or a digital version of it on a on a computer screen which i usually do uh the second time i watch through so that helps a little bit, um, but I get it when it's broadcast, it's a bit dark and people aren't used to film anymore. They're used to the super crispness of, of digital. Right. And now yeah. we're, it's HD, but, um, it's film. So it's a little grainier and it, and people say it has that warmth to it, like a vinyl record. Right. But, yeah. um, but when you're really trying to see detail, I can see how it's a little bit frustrating. Uh, and things generally do look better. Well lit in the daytime. The best example I have of that recently is the beginning of Wonder Woman, the movie versus the end of Wonder Woman, the movie from this year. Uh, I don't, I won't give anything away, but there is an action scene that plays out in the daylight, broad, bright daylight at the beginning of the movie, and it's fan-friggin-tastic. I loved watching it. I've seen it a bunch of times. And then there's an action scene at the end of the movie, which is at night, and it's still fun, but just not as easy to pay attention to and follow what's going on.
1: Yeah. Maybe Anna, you need to go out and buy a plasma television. Remember those? They still make those. Yeah. Nope. (laughs) I don't think so. (laughs) But they had, uh, they had deeper blacks. They had better uh, black definition than the, uh, the LCD or
0: LEDs. What she needs to go out and do is buy herself an OLED TV. They have the nicest blacks of all time. Oh, there you go. Yeah. They're beautiful. I really want one, but they're kind of expensive still. Well,
1: yeah, of course they are. So that's that. Okay. Too dark too dark. All right, next we have an email from Randall in Minnesota. Randall Lloyds writes, I realize there is a lot to talk about in this season finale, but if you could squeeze in a couple of minutes to address the fact that Maggie is not showing her pregnancy, it would put my mind to rest. It really bothers me that she is not showing. Is my showtime in real time all messed up? I would think there would be at least a baby bump by now. Please, please help me understand. Well,
0: I kind of agree with Randall. You'd think there would be, but... I I guess
1: it just hasn't been that long in showtime. It it feels it's her first pregnancy too, right? First yeah, pregnancies yeah. don't show uh, for longer than than second or third or fourth or twelfth pregnancies.
0: You're you're true. I mean, you're right about that. Uh, I we assume it's her first pregnancy, um, but I mean, it feels like Glenn died a long time ago. But in well, actual, they're, in,
1: uh, they're up north now, right? Has a winter gone by? I don't think so. Um,
0: no, we have, we've never seen winter on the show and they are, they are in a place where there would be winter, potentially snow, uh, which is an interesting point, actually. Do you think they'll get to that? Are we ever going to see winter on The Walking Dead?
1: I don't know. I have They'd have
0: to film it somewhere else. That's the problem with winter. That's the problem. They can't shoot in Atlanta- or Georgia and, and have real winter. So I, I don't know. That's a different question though, and I'm curious about that. I hope we do. I would love to see this show take place in winter at some point. But back to Maggie's baby bump, I agree. I feel like there should be something there, but we're just not seeing it. Uh, and I don't know why. I guess I guess the showrunners have a timeline that they're following and they've got it all straight in their head, but it's hard for us to figure out, so
1: I don't don't know. know. Jenny didn't show for a long time. Like she, she didn't tell her work until, uh, she was six months pregnant and they, they didn't notice. Sure.
0: But you can, you can hide that with clothing a little bit. I'm sure at six months she had something going on. Yeah. Uh, and, and I guess Maggie's not at six months yet. Maybe she's at three months. Has it been three months since Negan killed Glenn? Well, how did she find out she was pregnant? She took a pregnancy test? Yeah, I guess so. I think so. Or did she go to the doctor? No, she she had some pain. Remember, went to
1: the doctor? Or did she already oh. know she was pregnant then? I don't know. I forget. Damn but it. <laughs> I don't think it's been that long. That's my point is that I think it's only been a couple of months. Right. So if it's only like been- Since she found out. So if she found out it's six weeks and it's been a couple of months, I mean, she's only like four months pregnant. No, she wouldn't show. Maybe at most. Yeah. And Scott Gimple was asked, will
0: Maggie have her baby during season eight? And he said, no, definitively. So we're not going to hit the nine month mark since she's been pregnant, uh, in season eight. Well, there it is. So I bet we get all the way through season eight without any baby bump showing up and that'll be a season nine thing.
1: Oh, you think so?
0: Yeah, I think so. Or it'll all be, right. or there'll be a flash forward or something and we'll see her like full on pregnant at the end of the season. I don't know, but that's what I'm thinking right now. Okay. Uh, Anyways, next up is George in Byron Bay, Australia. George writes, Holy crap, did you see how Carl got bitten when he was scrambling with those walkers with Sadiq back in episode six? If you rewatch the scene closely, while Carl is inside the deer's stomach hole, he knocks a walker away as another one falls on him. The knocked walker continues to get up and puts his face into the area where Carl was bitten. After killing them, Carl, with his back to the camera, looks down at his stomach. He even seems distressed, Like, he just got bitten. Just thought this was interesting and was wondering if you guys caught it. Thanks so much for putting on the podcast. It really means a lot to people all over the world. (laughs) Thank you, George, for that. Uh, I did go back and watch. And what, you know, the amazing thing is it is all there. It is all basically on screen. Carl getting bitten, looking down at his himself and seeming extremely distressed. But nobody caught on.
1: No, I didn't, uh, I didn't, I didn't go back and rewatch it, but I definitely did not catch it.
0: I mean, obviously knowing what to look for helps a lot and you can't, you can't go back and watch it again for the first time. So there's no way to know really. Um, but it's there. I mean, he, they don't show him getting bitten, but they show him reacting to it and looking right at the spot. And it, it makes me want to like really pay attention to things more. But I I have a feeling even if you do that, you wouldn't know. You just, you just can't know. But I I am impressed that, you know, they put it in there and nobody figured it out really until, until it was revealed.
1: Yeah. No, that, that, that's good. I'm glad that it is there because that helps me, uh, with my trust issues with the show. (laughs) Right. That they're they're doing something right, right? Yeah. They've, they've actually put it in there and they got one bias.
0: They did. And uh, I mean, there might be other examples of that, too, but uh, it's it's just fun. It's fun to know that that they're doing that. And again, it does make me want to pay attention. But at the same time, I don't believe that I would ever be able to pick something out like that and go, oh, look, I see what they're doing here. They're going to reveal this maybe sometime in the future. I don't know. Right. But it is a fun thing to look for.
1: All right, well, maybe I'll go back and watch it.
0: You should actually. You should go back and watch it because it's 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 interesting to see, and it's it gives you a slightly different perspective on the scene and a little bit of uh, I don't know uh, an insight insight into how the show actually is written and made and stuff like that.
1: Right. Well, maybe I will. All right. Next, we have an email from Gemma in snowy South Wales. Well. I'm devastated. Say what you want about Carl, but I've watched this show since 2010. I've watched that kid grow up and this death hurt for me. Chandler did such a great job with this episode and I really believed Carl uh, could be a leader. What will Rick become now? A fantastic episode though, classic walking Dead, when my knees and teeth are shaking and chattering.
0: Very cool, Gemma. So that's a, that's a big question. What will Rick become now? You know, Rick's all about doing this for the people he loves and for his family and mostly for his children. And now he, as far as we know, is, is losing his only son, oldest child. What does this mean? What does this mean for Rick? What does it do for him? What does it change him into is what I want to know.
1: Uh, it's going to turn him in either. Well, when this kind of shit happens, when you get pressure, people either crumble or they harden. Uh-huh. Right. So he's I think he's probably going to crumble for a while and then kind of come out of it a uh a, har- a more hardened man. So kind of what
0: we've seen him do before.
1: Yeah, exactly. He's going to find a phone, he's going to talk to Lori and uh you know, he's going to go to Crazy Town for a little while. Probably walk have around, a round visit, go to the museum. <laughs> uh and then he's going to eventually uh, get bored of Crazy Town and come on out. Probably have a conference call with Lori and Carl now. Oh yeah. Right. Get
0: on, get on a Skype conference call. That'd be, uh. Well, if he finds it. Yeah. Uh, I think you're right. I mean, it's not going to be the end of Rick, although some people are saying that this does sort of signal the end of Rick. Maybe like, maybe Rick actually isn't going to survive season eight or maybe the beginning of season nine, because without Carl, what is he? What's he doing? What's he on the show for anymore, you know, his whole purpose is gone. So is he important to the story anymore? I, I, I don't really believe that, but I think it's possible. And I think it's an interesting theory. So we'll have to find out. Yeah. All right. We got a couple of emails now in a row that are a little more lighthearted. So first, Lori from Wilmington, Delaware, Lori writes, holy crap. Did you see Carl stubble? They had to kill him off because Chandler Riggs is going on 19 now, and he can't play a supposedly prepubescent character for much longer.
1: Well, I don't think he's supposed to be prepubescent.
0: No, not anymore. He's he's grown up a little bit more on the show. He's obviously grown up faster on the show than Carl grew up in the comics, right? But that's because they're comics, and this is show, a TV show with real people, and real people change a lot between the age of 10 and 18. They do. So
1: what can you do? Yeah. <laughs> Do, right, do the next uh, one. Sorry, uh, Karina in Melbourne, Australia writes, my holy shit, said like Negan, moment was Carl folding a piece of paper lengthways, then down. Who does that? That's a good point. Usually you fold it uh, um, width-wise. Well, hold,
0: yeah. depends on how you're, you know what I mean. Uh, well, to let
1: you know, Karina, uh, I used to do that <laughs> for, that's how I would fold the, uh, to make notes because then you can, uh, what's it folded down like that? You make a note on a quarter sheet of paper and you flip it up, uh, and then make notes on the inside. That's how I would make notes. Cause if you fold it the other way, it doesn't quite, it opens up like a book. And I don't, I didn't like that. Huh. Well, that's another thing Jason did in the nineties. Yeah. That was, uh, was that the, yeah, that was the nineties. When, 90s, all when right. he
0: still wrote down notes on paper. Oh yeah, I use paper and a pen. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Incredible. I used a pen today to sign a going away card for somebody.
1: That's nice. Yeah.
0: I have I have pens. I use pens. I know a lot of people still use pens. I don't. I write everything digitally now.
1: Oh really? I still uh I still write in my journal
0: every now and again. No, I've never had a journal not in my whole life. I've never oh, been on really? never been a diary journal writer or anything like that. Taking notes is all done on computer.
1: Um yeah, I can Barely write anymore. <laughs> I've had a, I've had a journal in one way, shape or form since uh, grade school. Well, you should read. There's through. been periods of years where I haven't written, but uh, hey, uh, yeah, I could, I've i got a box full of journals. Well, that's fun. Not me. I've never done that. So I'm never reading them again. when I die, I'm going to burn them. That's right. I'm coming back to burn them. <laughs> <laughs> coming back. So nobody <laughs> can ever see these things. <laughs> that's right. You should let your wife read them. No, not a chance. No. That's my shit. All right. Eh, Fair enough. Everybody knows journals don't mean crap. Go watch Bridget Jones' Diary to learn what journals mean. All right. I'll do that someday.
0: All right. Adam in London, England writes, regarding Carl knowing that the house was about to explode. Good. I want to know. I could be wrong, but I think there was a faint sound of a window smashing in the background, indicating that one of the grenades just entered the house. Maybe Carl losing an eye has heightened his sense of hearing. Oh yeah. Maybe (laughs) just the one ear though. Maybe just in the one ear. Yeah. So a bunch (laughs) of people wrote in about this and everybody said, you can hear a window break, which means a grenade shot through the window. Carl realized this and got out of there before it exploded. So he does have spider sense. He does have spidey sense, uh, or at least he can hear windows breaking, which to be fair,
1: I'm pretty sure I can do too. So I thought about this, uh, after we did the last episode. So he has a, uh, he has a Spidey sense. So he's a bit of Spider-Man in him. Uh, he did the, uh, the smoke disappearing thing like Batman. And then, uh, at one point he started telling everybody what to do, like Captain America would do, cause he's the leader. So right? he's
0: got a little bit of all the, uh, superheroes in him.
1: Yeah. He's basically, uh, you know, he's cross DC Marvel universe, uh, superhero matchup man can you can you keep it in the marvel universe though
0: like if is there a marvel character who disappears in a puff of smoke like batman <laughs> i don't think so i
1: think that's batman's thing
0: does batman even do that very often
1: uh maybe not anymore but he did he, he did in the dark knight didn't he? i think it might depend on the
0: batman he did it right that's right that's right catwoman said something about him disappearing no
1: smoke though he just you turn around and he's gone oh uh, well i'm okay maybe the tim burton batman did it because you bet you that tim burton Batman did shit like that oh yeah you're probably right tim burton <laughs> <laughs> you put nipples on the friggin' costumes for crying out loud yeah that's a, that's a poor call right there <laughs> uh all right is Whoa, you? okay okay next we have uh tige sure tige in wisconsin my holy crap is carl's bite not that he got bitten but the actual bite it looks like he got bit by a toddler as if the zombie, zombie simply clamped his jaws, then released him instead of taking a chunk of flesh or even Carl ripping flesh off, getting away. This is not the first time we've seen a simple bite mark like that, but it's the first time I've, it registered for me.
0: It is an interesting bite mark. I, I will uh, agree with Tiege here uh, that it's just like a bite and then a release and not like a bite and tear. So there's no big hole in his stomach, right? Which usually is what zombies do. Um, but again, if you watch the scene where this happened, um, the, the zombie sort of goes down into that area. And then I forget if you see his head come back up again or not, but it's kind of believable that there's just a bite and that's it. And maybe the bite... And, and what happens next, I think, is Carl shoots the zombies off of him. Remember, he gets the gun out. So the The zombie certainly wasn't down there for very long, but it does look like a very clean, crisp like bite release, and that's it.
1: Yeah, that's how my cat bites paper. <laughs> when you put a piece of paper in front of Lily, she'll bite, bite it, and make little holes in it, and then like not actually rip it or anything, just just kind of clamp down, make a couple of holes, and then release. Right. Okay. But if the if the cat really wanted to, it could like bite and take a chunk out. If it wanted to, but uh, she doesn't. Sure. So she yeah. She just hole punches paper she oh put good. paper in front of her she'll hole punch it for you oh, hole punching cat nice <laughs> yeah she's very nice to, like that
0: all right well with this zombie i don't know i mean it, it may have just be the way it worked out but yeah it did seem like a rather clean bite for a zombie uh but let's be honest we needed carl to be bitten and then survive for two more episodes so if he had a giant hole in his stomach he probably wouldn't have left that forest let's be honest
1: yeah I don't know. I think it, they could have done better a better job of uh, showing it as a bite, but, you know, not just, you know, look like a perfect teeth mark.
0: Sure. May, you know what? Maybe make it look just a little more infected or, or just a little bit rougher rather than so yeah, clean, right? Exactly.
1: Yeah. You know, rip it up and then show it and everybody reacts and you know from the reaction that it's a bite. Yeah, okay.
0: I guess they needed to make sure everyone was very very clear it wasn't just an injury and it was a yeah. bite from a zombie. Uh but you're right. I mean they they could have made it look a little rougher and and have everyone everyone react badly or just I think we all would have known anyways regardless of what yeah. it looked like. So well,
1: maybe they were overcompensating and they they definitely 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 didn't want this to be some kind of cliffhanger. Was he bitten? Was he not bitten? We didn't want that, you know, going around the internet saying, "Well, it could have been a dog bite." You know, a dog could have bit him. He could have, you know, bit himself somehow. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) He'd be pretty flexible to do that because I've tried and I can't bite myself there. Maybe he got stuck on a stick and it ripped (laughs) it. You know, they just definitely didn't want it to be any kind of cliffhanger. So they just said, okay, we'll show a bite mark. Yes. And everybody will know that it's absolutely a bite. But now, you know, we're going like, well looks like a little too clean to me. Yeah, that's right. They're sitting in a room going, fuck you, internet. Well- (laughs) No, we're just trying to tell a story here.
0: Yeah, that's true. And and that's what Scott Kimple said. You know, he, his words were, he's been bitten and this bite will play out like bites do on The Walking Dead. Now, I want to talk about that a little bit later. Uh, At the end of the feedback today, we have three or four emails that I considered spoilery because they talk about the comics and they talk about- some speculation and stuff like that. So we'll get to those at that time, Jason, let's talk a little bit more about Carl's potential. Well, Carl's bite Mark and what it might mean, because I have a few ideas and I want to run through them. So, but for now let's move next to Jason in Evansville, Indiana. Jason writes, I'm not a comic book reader, but I know that Daryl is not in the comics while Carl is a main character. Do you think that since Carl will be off the show, Daryl will have a uh, have more important roles that center around the long-term plot that Carl may have in the comics. It's hard to articulate this idea as a non-comic reader, but I think you get the point.
1: Well, they've been doing that before. Like, they've done that in the show uh, where they take things that have happened in the comic books and given them to other characters in the television show. That's correct. Yeah. So I don't want to give too many spoilers for the comic, but... Uh... You know, they've, they've absolutely done that before. So if Carl dies and then, uh, you know, they want things to happen that Carl did, uh, in the comic, uh, they could easily give it to another character. They could. Daryl.
0: I, yeah. And I, for some reason, I just have a hard time equating Daryl and Carl. Like I, I, I have a hard time imagining Daryl doing any Carl stuff or vice versa, really. So I don't know that it would necessarily be Daryl the one taking over Carl's storyline from the comic or even being influenced by it. But it could, it could be the case, you know? I mean, we'll have to wait and see. I think maybe, to be honest, I think Enid almost could take over some of those roles. And I feel that way just because she's maybe roughly the same age. So if there's any storyline of Carl's that is important for it to be a younger person or a teenager, then, you know, Enid could step right into that. Um, But Enid's not in the comic book? Uh, Enid is not in the comic. That's right.
1: Okay. Well, so, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Uh, so in the, in the comic book, then I assume Carl's the spy. <laughs> in the comic, Carl's <laughs> definitely the spy. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. We'll
0: have to give that to Enid then. Sure. Um, but I don't know, Daryl, maybe, maybe Daryl could do something that is sort of Carl-ish from the comic. We'll, we'll have to see if Carl really is dead. And as far as we know, he's really dead uh, then it is a pretty significant departure from the comic and, uh, and you know, who knows where it's going to go. All right. Uh, Trucker Chris in
1: Florida writes. Wait, wait, wait. wait. That's mine. Oh, sorry. You keep going. You did the last one. So Trucker Chris in Florida writes. Wait, who? (laughs) (laughs) Trucker Chris. Oh yeah. Okay. Sorry. (laughs) Isn't that what I said? It is. What did you say? Trucker Chris. Are you just... Messing with me. remember my brain is really soft right now. Oh, yeah. No, sorry, the joke was repetition and, and... Oh, okay. So, uh yeah. Tucker Trucker Chris in Florida writes, "On your last podcast, you were wondering what the purpose of Carl's impending death could be. Here's something I'd like to see happen. Somehow, and before before Carl gets too sick, they bullshit Negan and get Carl in close proximity with him. Then, when Carl sees his chance, he bites Negan to infect him. Would that be cool or what?" I think it would be cool. I mean, It would be,
0: I think, and this is nothing against Trucker Chris in Florida, but I think this would be predictable. I think this would be, oh yeah, okay, Carl's going to go out as like a big time hero and take down Negan with him. Um, So I don't think they're going to do that. Over uh, over a nice plate of spaghetti? That's right. Negan will come, make some spaghetti for Tuesday, Spaghetti Tuesdays, and then Carl would eat some spaghetti. He'd say, Negan, can you please... Pass the milk and when Negan reaches over he'd grab his hand the milk would go flying but Carl would bite
1: his finger off how about that oh, he, well then they'd just cut off his hand and be done with it no he's got to get in close he's like hey, I'm gonna tell you a secret come here come here come here i gonna tell you a secret and you get him real close and then you bite him in the neck
0: oh that's good too but how do how does it involve passing the milk in that scenario
1: I got a secret milk passing story to tell you. (laughs) Okay. Pass me the milk and then come in real close. And then come in real close. Well, I don't know how you pass milk in your family, but when we pass milk in, in, you know, around here, it's quite intimate. You get really right up, right (laughs) up Yeah, we get really, really close. Okay. (laughs) Good, uh, good biting range. Yeah, oh yeah, definitely within biting range. All right. Or at least spitball range. Yeah, spitball range. That's
0: why you got fired, remember? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Anyways, uh, I think it would be... You know, I, another thing Scott Gimple said is that Carl's story isn't quite done yet. There is some unfinished business. So Carl has to do something before the end of it. And, uh, will it be trying to take out Negan? Maybe, maybe, maybe. not. I don't know. He's got some dying to do. He does have some dying to do. Okay. Now it's my turn, right? So Benita yeah. in old Toongabby, Gabby, Sydney, Australia. Sydney, Australia. Not, is- not the new Toongabby. No, the old Toongabby. The, they got the some funny ones. place names down there.
1: We've got some funny place names
0: Oh, too. Canada. Toronto. Canada loves its funny place names. And I'm not just talking about Medicine Hat and Regina. <laughs>
1: <laughs> go, a town that rhymes with fun.
0: Yeah. Go look up, uh, what is it? Dildo, Newfoundland. That's a funny place. Is it Newfoundland? Town, or is it? I've never heard of it. Oh, That's no. Funny. It's a can- town called Dildo. It's there. Okay. Benita in old Toongabby, Sydney, Australia which is nowhere near dildo, right? (laughs) (laughs) They really had to go and do it. Killing Carl is pretty much the final straw. One of the show's last few moral compasses that helped to temper Rick is not going to survive much longer. And while I carried on watching after my sister gave up on The Walking Dead when Glenn met his demise, I now have no more interest in watching what happens to everyone. I was feeling frustrated throughout the mid-season finale, and seeing Carl with the bite left me feeling cold. I don't understand what the writers are trying to achieve anymore. High drama. They're trying to achieve high drama. Whether they are succeeding is a matter of opinion, but
1: you're right. That's what they're trying to achieve. So my recommendation is don't quit the show. Just watch the show. We'll be here as a support group. You know, write in, listen to the podcast. Yep. Uh, we'll be here for you, but uh, don't 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 quit the show.
0: That's right. I don't think you should quit the show. Now, speaking of quitting the show and not understanding what the writers are trying to achieve anymore, news came out earlier this week that some fans have started a change.org pe- petition to have Scott Gimple fired.
1: <laughs> Poor Scott.
0: I know. Now, as of this recording, uh, or at least the start of this recording— There was somewhere in the neighborhood of 65,000 signatures on this uh, petition, and I think they were going for 75,000, at which point they're going to send it to AMC and say, please fire Scott Gimple. He doesn't know what he's doing, and he's ruining the show. So I don't think I agree with this whole strategy, Jason, but what do you
1: think of this kind of thing? Well, it's kind of hard not to take this kind of thing personally, right? Can you imagine how Scott feels as a person uh-huh. having a, you know, 75,000 people want him fired because he doesn't know what he's doing? That's the only thing I can think of is, uh, I would, I would take this personally. And I think that would be a, a hurtful thing for me to have to read in the news somewhere.
0: Maybe, but I mean, as a person, as a public figure, you do have to cert, have a certain level of thick skin, right? To these sorts of things, because you're always going to be criticized. Uh, well, and, and, and way more than probably your average person. Uh, but I do agree with you. Like it's, it's likely hard on the guy, you know, he's, we, we, we do have to believe he is trying to do the best job he can and it's not satisfying everyone. And then somebody comes along and says, here's 65 or 75,000 people that think you're a jackass and want you to lose your job. So I don't, you know, I'm. I'm all for people voicing their opinion. I'm all for being, being upset, but I'm also all for people loving the show. If, if you do and making that opinion heard too. And I guess they have the right to do this totally fine. And I can't hold that against them either, but yeah, I hope Scott doesn't take it too personally, whether you agree with him needing to be fired or not, you know? Yeah. If he needs to be fired, he's going to be fired that's what it comes down to uh you know amc is not this isn't their first goat rodeo they they know that if he needs to go or someone up high feels he needs to go then he's gonna go you know a team can only lose for so long before they fire the coach yeah so that's true uh so i don't know that the petition is necessarily really necessary um but It does feel like a lot of people have signed it. I'll give them that. (laughs) It does. (laughs) So, uh,
1: anyways. uh, Maybe it'll work. Maybe, uh, maybe, you know, programming the show by the masses will, uh, will work out in the end. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Maybe it will. Maybe, uh, writing the show by giant fan committee is the way to go.
1: Yeah. I can't, I can't see how that could fail. No, what could possibly go wrong with that idea? All right. Next we have an email from Chris in Icy Yorkshire. Chris writes, "I'm really beginning to lose interest in the show. There are too many loose ends here." Now, uh, Chris sent in a list of twelve examples, and we've chosen one for uh, for the podcast. Here. That's right. Uh, so, Chris writes, "How did the saviors escape? No ex- explanation at all, except Eugene helped. And when they did get time to organize, and when did they get orga- time to organize a simultaneous attack on AHK or OCH? Uh, Where did all their firepower come from suddenly?" We went from the saviors are doomed to the saviors are unstoppable in a space of a real time half an hour. Yeah. And honestly, not that much more
0: time like showtime, you know, they went from having being totally helpless in the sanctuary to having to shoot their way out more or less and then drive out of there to being totally unstoppable, having roadblocks put up, having a a complete plan in place that they were executing. Uh, very well, it seemed and, and full of, uh, weapons or, or at least grenade launchers. Yeah. So or like 30 of them. That's right. So it does feel like they kind of were not all that helpless
1: to begin with. And maybe were just biding their time a little bit. Yeah. We, we've covered this kind of thing before. Like we went out, for, uh, like in the Seinfeld episode, we went out for dinner, yada, yada, yada. I went home because I had to get up early the next day. <laughs> yada, yada, the best part. And in a way the show did that too. <laughs> yeah. You know, they're, they're all doomed. They're stuck behind a a wall of uh, zombies, yada, yada, yada. The zombies are all gone and uh, they're unstoppable now with lots of firepower. Right. I don't like so, that. Well, the... I actually, my personal belief is that they will explain it in the next half of this season. It's not, uh, they didn't explain it this episode, but they will explain it. They have to, they can't just yada, yada, yada. They all got out. Eugene's upset for a reason. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Eugene is upset for a reason. So
0: I I would tend to agree with you. I think we're going to find out more information about this, uh, before the season ends. Yeah, let's hope. Well, Uh, our next email comes from Paul in England and Paul writes, we got a few more emails actually about the saviors getting out, but Paul writes, here's a question. Why did the show not simply have a savior jump in the truck that Daryl smashed through their wall, turn on the CD player, and then lead the herd away from the sanctuary that way? That would have been much more satisfying than the half-assed explanation they didn't even bother to give us of their escape and would have given some consequence to Daryl's recklessness this half season. Do garbage trucks
1: have sound systems?
0: Yeah, I'm sure they didn't. Well, don't
1: all vehicles have, they all have a radio at least. It's a, it's a city vehicle. It's like, it's a commercial vehicle. They order it yeah. uh, to do a specific job. You know, is it necessary for them to have uh, some kind of sound system for the the garbage truck drivers to uh, listen to music, listen to tunes while they do their work? Well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a radio, but
0: there's nobody broadcasting radio anymore. So you can't do that. CD player, cassette player. Probably in there, maybe not. Oh, yeah. 8-track, yeah, maybe not. Uh, CB radio, maybe. So if you could hook, if you could engage that and then hook it up to a big speaker, that might work. Yeah.
1: Anyway, I think I might be focusing on the wrong thing here. Uh, Yeah, Paul's (laughs) right. Uh, You could probably (laughs) abscond with that truck and use it as uh, a diversion of some kind. Maybe they can get Eugene to install a sound system while well, he's at it yeah he, he must have a spare 2-inch speaker he must talk yeah. about that uh so he could just uh you know install a sound system or they got good a blasters right just take one of those yeah so, take one you know. of those it's, it's f- not really a problem that it doesn't have a sound system no it's not but the, th- the th- what is a
0: problem is that it let all the zombies in right so that whole bottom level is flooded with them so no matter what they have to clear that out or shoot their way through that just to get to the truck anyways so by that point maybe there are half or less than the zombies left anyways. So they were kind of equally screwed and using up the same amount of ammunition. It's not like the truck was in a safe spot. They could just get in and drive merrily away and lead all the zombies away and they'd be fine. So, um, but I, but I see Paul's point, you know, it would have, it would have had a little bit more consequence to Daryl being ridiculous and driving that truck into the wall. So.
1: All right. Next, we have an email, uh, from Wednesday in Australia. Uh, While distant music drifts through the air, Simon looks and gestures skyward as he explains the Savior's uh, emancipation saying, "'Eugene.'" I think the mystery of the escape is just a second attempt at that ridiculous glider plan. The sanctuary wasn't exactly short of electronics and components. If I'm right, the real mystery is why all the saviors was so shifty about actually saying how they got out. It's almost like the show's writers are embarrassed by how preposterous it sounds. That would be understandable if they hadn't been so shameless about, well, everything else from the past two seasons. Right. And I think Wednesday, I guess here makes, it makes an
0: interesting point, but I don't think it's for the reasons, uh, he or she says, I don't think the writers are embarrassed about it. I think, as you said, a few minutes ago, we are going to find out more about this and they're just holding it back for the, for just, the moment. Yeah. They're just being cagey. They're being cagey and that's okay. It can be frustrating right now, but I think when you, when you think about maybe that this involves Eugene in some important way that uh they're holding it back so they're to tell that story and to explain to us what it has done to Eugene or what it's doing to him uh and what it means for him. So I I fully agree that we will likely find out more about how they actually got out of there and it's going to be important for Eugene.
1: Yeah. yeah I I think we might even get it as a uh cold open like a flashback cold open. Uh Oh yeah, it could. On the, we- on the season premiere or the mid-season Premier.
0: We could um, you're right. I mean I, I don't expect them to spend too much time on it, so that could be that could be something and it, it informs I think it's going to inform us about something to do with Eugene and if whether that means it's whether that means Eugene is coming back to the Rick side of things or it will cement him once and for all into the Negan side of this conflict. I don't know, but I have a feeling that might be the case, right? Something he did or whatever, you know, he came up with to help them get out of the sanctuary will lead him on his final path to either redemption with Rick or complete Neganism with Negan.
1: Well, I hope we don't get Rick redemption.
0: No, I, I'm still on, on board with that, but I do, I have a feeling it's got to go one way or the other. Right. And I think, I think currently it could still go either way, even though we've really seen him be mostly Negan for a long time. Um, I think whatever they're going to release or uh, reveal to the audience about Eugene, as it relates to the escape of the, the, uh, saviors, I think will put him on his final path one way or the other. Right. That's the way I see it. But Makes uh, sense. yeah, so so I don't think they're just holding it back for no reason. It's going to be it's going to be a big, important um, piece of information that we uh, that we get soon, probably. Hopefully. All right. Brian in Maryland writes, I am surprised you gave the show a pass on the worst bit of writing all season. Why on earth would the saviors allow Maggie to go back to the hilltop with all her soldiers and no savior escort? For all they know. The hilltop could be the main staging area and weapon supply depot for Rick's group. Maggie is also supposedly one of the three leaders that Negan wants captured, and they just let her go? In a season full of terrible writing, this is probably the worst thing I have witnessed.
1: Well, they've got spies. Um,
0: no. Gregory, at least. Well, yeah, I guess they know Gregory is there, but they also have to know Gregory is just going to align himself with whoever happens to be standing next to him at any given moment, it seems like. But he
1: already told them, like he already would have told the saviors that it's not this main staging area, that it's just a group of uh, farmers and uh, blacksmiths uh, doing their thing. So they know that that's not a weapons depot or a staging ground or anything like that. So they can just let Maggie go back and do her thing. Yeah, that's a very good
0: point. Uh, and there hasn't, there certainly hasn't been time for. I don't think there's been time for that to change in any way, right? So it's not like the not last yet. time Gregory saw it, it was it was farmers and blacksmiths, and now it's some weapons depot. Um. So so that that helps explain it a little bit. But at the same time, I mean, Negan has been all about the king, the widow and Rick, and he's told his people don't kill them, bring them to me so I can kill them or put them up on the fence or whatever. Uh, But for some reason, part of his plan here right now is to let Maggie turn around, go back to the hilltop and basically get back to work. And I think that's all it is. I think Negan even realizes that. He needs supplies. They ran out of food in like two days in the sanctuary. So it's not like they have a big stockpile of stuff, certainly not there. And he needs somebody to be, uh, to be working for him. And if he's going to go to Alexandria and kill everyone there, and he's already killed everyone at the kingdom who, who were providing good supplies to him, he, I think he knows that, well, we've got to let one of these communities continue to function and basically take all their stuff.
1: Yeah, and they've got that big turnip festival planned. Right, where they need a whole bunch of turnips <laughs> so that they can make their turnip lamps, and the uh, the turnip uh, they can do dried turnip cups uh-huh. to drink their uh, their turnip juice from, and uh, yeah, so that you know with that turnip festival they need their turnip supply, uh, you know, this turnip supply area uh, up and running. Yeah, they do. They need their turnip turnip supply factory going because it's very yeah. important. So. Little do they know that, uh, the Hilltop has a whole bunch of prisoners that are eating all the turnips. That's, that are eating them all. And although now being shot and executed, but slowly. Yeah. So the, the, all the, uh, all the prisoners at the Hilltop are like, yeah, we get more turnips now. You know, we're looking forward to that turnip festival, but we get to eat all the turnips pre-festival. How exciting is that? <laughs> good
0: for them. Good for them. Yeah. Uh, anyways, I, I, I do realize that it, in a way, sounds like we are making excuses here for this, uh, for what Brian calls the worst bit of writing all season. And I can see his point. I can absolutely see the point that why would Negan suddenly change his tune and, uh, let them go back.
1: But he's, this is, he's not changing his tune though. This is what Negan does. He doesn't kill everybody. He kills somebody to make a point. No, that's right. Then gets them back to work. But I think, but I
0: think to make the point, Negan would kill Rick, Maggie, and King Ezekiel, uh, not necessarily. But then he also wants to do that in front of others, right? He wants to make sure everyone knows that this person died for a reason, and the reason is to keep me in charge. But you know, maybe his plan is to send them back. Get she'll she'll like get the place running again, get them working again, get them providing supplies again, and then roll in one there one day and be like, "Great, you did good work!" Bang you're, you're dead. What now the, you, everyone better keep working or the next person gets it.
1: But they already killed somebody. They killed that guy who said something in the back seat, which he probably shouldn't have opened his mouth at all. Yeah, I know they killed that guy in the back seat. Uh, just to, you know, to give Maggie the point of, uh, you know, look, do your job, uh, and, or somebody's going to die. No, that's true. And that's it that could be you. And you don't necessarily decapitate the leadership uh, they recognize that she's the leader and you don't decapitate the leadership if the leader, uh, cause then there's a power vacuum and everything's all friggin' crazy for a little while. It's like you kill somebody who doesn't really matter and let the leader go back and do her thing. And that way you got your supply of turnips because they got this turnip festival. I'm telling you that, uh, they need, you know, a big pile of turnips. There's a lot of saviors
0: that are expecting a lot of turnips. Yeah. You know, you're right about that. I, I. I always tend to think, well, they they got to kill the important person, kill the leader, but it almost doesn't make any sense. You want to bring yeah. the leader in line and get the leader working for you. So you kill someone who's less important, but still makes, makes that point.
1: Yeah. And that's I'm, why they didn't, that's why they didn't kill Rick, uh, why Negan didn't kill Rick in the first place. He killed Abraham and he cl- killed Glenn. Right. Right. He didn't kill Rick because he wanted the leader there alive. <laughs> Yes, because he can see the value in that, and, and if
0: he can get that person on board with him, then everyone else should, in theory, fall
1: in the line. Right. Right? So right. I, don't, uh, I don't necessarily think he, that Negan wants to kill Rick. I think that uh, it's gotten to the point where it's personal now that, you know, Rick used Lucille against him, so now he's got
0: to kill Rick. Uh, yes. Well, he's going to—you'd think he'll want to at this point pretty badly. Well, Lucille does. Lucille. She's pissed. <laughs> right. And if Lucille is pissed, Negan is pissed. That's right. All right. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's all right. keep it going. We still got a long way to go here, Mr. Miles.
1: All right. So next we have uh, an email from Chris in Syracuse. Is that right? Is that where we are? Syracuse. Yep. Uh, Syracuse. Uh, Eugene did make a bullet already. He made it for Rosita when she shot Lucille. Speaking of Lucille being pissed, uh, they found the casing on the sidewalk and they went to the machine shop and Rosita forced him to make the bullet. That is when Negan took Eugene to the sanctuary. Maybe Eugene's redemption will be that he makes Saviors blanks and they get uh, wiped out since they are basically unarmed. Yeah. So this is a response to us saying that
0: there's like no way. And I think one of our listeners brought this up on the last feedback show that there's no way Eugene would be able to make bullets for them because he just doesn't have the materials or the machinery needed to do it. Uh, but obviously he did make the one for, uh, Rosita and it worked now in mass quantity. That's a different case than just making one or two bullets here or there. Uh, but the idea that he might make a whole bunch of blanks and say, here you go, And then they'll show up to a fight with nothing to shoot is a fascinating one, I think.
1: Yeah, but, you know, if I was uh, running a munitions factory, I'd probably want to test some of them. Oh yeah. Make sure that they work. Yep. So Eugene's going to have to be really smart about providing working bullets for tests, but not working bullets for uh, the actual fight. Well, he's a smart guy. He can figure that out. Uh, yeah, and it also depends what they're going to be using the bullets for, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, if or what they're going to be using the bullets in. Uh, anyway, uh, blanks are a wholly, totally different thing than uh, a bullet that doesn't work because the blank doesn't actually have a projectile. It's just a. Right. It's a it's a casing that is crimped at the end. Okay. Right. So when you fire it, it just releases the hot gunpowder gas. Mm-hmm. Okay. To make the bullet. Yeah. So anyway. Uh, so it doesn't
0: look the same. So you couldn't fool someone and be like, here are your bullets. And- oh,
1: absolutely not. Yeah. yeah. A bullet does not look like a blank. Okay. Absolutely does not look like a blank, but you can make bullets that don't actually work. Right. But then, right. Uh, as soon as you pull the trigger, it's going to go click and that's it right? It's not going to go bang, but nothing shoots out because you'd be able to tell the different, like you, you couldn't make a blank that just goes bang, 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 but nothing happens. You couldn't fool them that way. All you could do is give them bullets that don't work and they just go click and then your weapon's useless. Sure. And if, I mean, you're going to test that ahead of time. <laughs> so you're going to know. Yeah. There would be some kind of quality control in place. I would make sure that there was some kind of quality control in a munitions factory before I started using bullets in combat personally. (laughs) (laughs) Just a, just a good, good idea in general. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, Eugene could probably pull it off somehow, but I don't know how. Yeah. Okay. Fun thought though.
0: Uh, Giovanni in the other Vancouver, Vancouver, Washington, which is not the Vancouver I was in this weekend. I was in the Vancouver, British Columbia. Then those are those Vancouver's are close together.
1: The, Washington and British
0: Columbia. They're close together but they're not as close as as you might think. It's not like there's Vancouver and then right across the border is Vancouver Washington it it's
1: right. not. But they're closer than Regina and Dildo. Yes, yes they are. <laughs> <laughs> At least for now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just making sure.
0: <laughs> uh Giovanni writes I believe everyone who comes into contact with Eugene eventually dies. His actions and decisions have caused most of the known character deaths on this show. Our group meets up with Eugene shortly after the governor attacked and destroyed the prison. And from that time on, many of the decisions that they've made revolve around Eugene's ideas. He manipulates our group into going to Washington and is both directly and indirectly responsible for the death of uh, everyone beginning with Tyrese. I have no doubt that the saviors will suffer greatly for knowing him. I only hope that Eugene suffers as well. I sincerely hope he doesn't weasel his way out of whatever he has coming to him. In my opinion, he is the most evil, underhanded, and hateful person on this show. I would be
1: interested to know what you guys think. Well, Rosita's still alive. Uh, yeah, that's true. So, and, and, I mean, if you look at anybody... Uh, anybody that I've ever come in contact with eventually is going to die. Well, yeah, for sure. But I mean, the,
0: the, what Giovanni is saying here is that, you know, Eugene, Eugene has kind of steered this group in all the major decisions, uh, since he's joined them or come in contact with them. And all of those decisions have led to people being killed off or dying. Not everybody yet. Uh, But then again, you could argue that anybody who makes a decision in the zombie apocalypse, it could go either way. People are going to die no matter what. It's a dangerous world they live in full of flesh-eating monsters. So, you know, I don't know if it's all Eugene's fault, but uh, if he's the one sort of been leading them in a sort of underhanded way without them even really realizing it, that's pretty sneaky.
1: And he's a very smart guy, so... Yeah, he's doing all this to personally survive. He's not trying to rebuild society. He's not to trying to do anything uh, benevolent. He's just trying to survive himself. All the other assholes be damned. <laughs> yeah, more or
0: less. Uh, and that's what he's been doing since the beginning. So as for hoping he suffers, well, you know, we'll have to see. I think he is going to suffer. I think he's already suffering actually quite a bit. I think he's pretty conflicted in uh what he's had to do recently and what he's been asked to do and uh we've already talked about it but well i think we'll get more of that as the as season eight goes on yeah and he's run out of pickles by now i bet but he's making his own don't forget so he might have some more pickles on the go unfortunately you can't put a pickle in a gun and shoot it
1: no you can't can you i mean no i don't think i don't think that'd be that'd be crazy that'd be nuts yeah (laughs) that just go yeah that just go beyond uh the reality of the show totally totally all right next we have an email from John in Connecticut this episode was disappointing uh this this episode was a disappointing forced episode in a long line of disappointing forced episodes uh, after this i for one i for one will not be returning and not because they killed carl it's because the show has uh, reached its end AMC really needs to reevaluate the showrunners and writers and clean house. Gimbal and Nekatero need to go. You can clearly see they are running out of good ideas. Nothing in this show makes any sense anymore. Aaron and Enid go find a seaside group. God knows why they came up with that idea. This was a group that would have shot you on sight before Rick and his merry band of morons assaulted them and stole all of their guns in a very Neganish way. So wouldn't it stand to reason they would be less tolerant of strangers and just shoot these two, especially after they killed the leader? So I hope uh,
0: overall the feedback on this podcast isn't getting everyone down too much because as I said off the top it's been rather negative and it has been hard to find people who really had anything too nice to say about this episode and we're kind of in a section of feedback here where people are talking about the state of the show a little bit more even beyond this episode Um, but as for this idea that it's a ridiculous idea for Aaron and Enid to go to the seaside group. I, I think based on what we've seen and what we know of the seaside and what our interaction has been like with them so far, I would kind of agree with that. They stole all their guns. Those people were shooting on site before, and they have no reason at this point to trust anybody from Rick's group. So yeah, that sounds crazy. Why would you go back there? Because it's likely just a death sentence for yourself. That being said, I think people do things like that when they're desperate and. And stupid. And stupid, but Aaron's not stupid. Uh, But I think he may be not thinking strike quite right yet. He just lost uh, Eric, you know, he might not be in quite in his right mind. And. But if, but if, even if he is, and he's feeling a little bit desperate, like they are about to lose this war, maybe this is like a last straw and that's where he's going. And he's, he figures, you know what, if I go there and they kill me, at least I tried. And maybe that's his mindset right now. A
1: suicide by Seaside? <laughs> Zing. Pretty, Zing. That's what he's trying to do, it's you know? Pretty good. Maybe if I go down there, at least it'll appear like I was trying to do something with it when I get killed.
0: Well- I don't think he's just doing it for appearances, but I, I think he, ge- he's genuinely trying something, but at the same time, he may figure, you know, what, if I go down there and get killed, it doesn't work. At least I tried, but his intentions are to bring them back and they'll be like the cavalry that shows up at the last minute and saves the day.
1: Yeah. That's like walking into, uh, you know, the jungle and there's a lion and, uh, you know, the lion's eating all of the, uh, the animals in the area and you really think that's a bad thing. And you're like, you know what? I really need to go slap that lion. I really need to slap some sense into that lion to stop eating all the animals. So you, you know, you walk up to the lion and give it a swipe. It's not really smart.
0: But it might work. That's like, there's a small chance that it'll work. You know, if you're attacked by a bear, you punch it in the nose, right? And maybe the bear's still going to eat you, but maybe the bear will run away because you punched it in the nose and you get to live. So you might as well try it is what I'm saying.
1: Yeah. Right. But that's when you don't really have any other choice. Like you don't walk up, you don't decide that, you know, that bear that is over there fishing in that stream, uh, really is annoying me. I should go punch it in the nose, uh, just to get it away. No, no, no. You don't do that. But the, that's not what he's doing. Like I think Aaron, But he's being, he's not being attacked by seaside. Like it's not, uh, he's not being, you know, eaten by seaside and you punch it in the nose, hope in the hopes that it'll, uh, it'll go away. You know, it's, it's, yeah, but
0: if you, let's say you're, let's say you're being attacked by a lion and you have a chance yeah. to run towards a bear, like run towards the bear because maybe either the lion will get distracted by the bear. Maybe that bear will attack the lion and you can get away. That's what he's going for. It's like, I'm going to, I'm going to see if I can get, <laughs> solve my problem by running towards this bear over here.
1: Right. And hopefully the bear will be nice to me. Hopefully. Because it's yeah. not just a matter of, you know, going, maybe I can punch the bear and it'll go away. It's a matter of maybe I could go make friends with the bear right. and the bear will attack the lion. That's what I'm saying. Like, maybe that's what
0: he he's going for here. And I'm saying you might as well take a shot because you never know <laughs>
1: that bear might attack the lion. Right. Climb a fucking tree. I mean, I know bears can <laughs> climb trees, but, you know, get the hell out of there and climb a goddamn tree. So Aaron
0: and Enid should just drive off into the sunset together and be like, a hell with all you guys and your crazy oh, problems. Oh, get the hell
1: out. Go someplace uh-huh. nice. Like, go to the ocean, and get a boat, and then go to an island. Where there are no Hang. bears, lions, No bears. Or There's lots of coconuts. Maybe a mango. Hey. That'd be nice. That sounds a really boar. good. <laughs> There'd be boars, but you can... You know, with a, with a properly sharpened stick, you can get yourself some ham. Yum. Delicious,
0: delicious ham. All right. Well, uh, I don't know. I'm glad that Seaside didn't just turn around and, and execute Aaron and Enid because I like those two and, uh, I want to see them but, survive on the show a little longer. But
1: they turned around and
0: executed the leader. Like what the hell? Well, doomed. I know it doesn't look good for them, but Enid made a mistake. She's young.
1: Oh, you think that they're going to let that sink in? (laughs) It's like, oh, she's young. She didn't mean to shoot our leader in the head. I don't think they're going
0: to let it go, but I understand what happened in that situation. Right. So it's an interesting situation anyways, and I'm looking forward to it, to the outcome, whatever it may be.
1: Yeah, A a quick execution is what it should be. I don't know how the writers are going to do it. Uh what they're going to do to get them out of that situation, but they're going to get them out of that situation when in fact the consequences of that situation should result in almost immediate death. Hmm, that's harsh, man. But I get it, I see it. So
0: I hope it's not. All I'm saying is I hope it's not. I don't want to see either of them get killed.
1: Anyways I just don't want okay, just no more Day's ex machina. I don't want an outside force to come in and save them out of fucking nowhere. I want them to save themselves, talk themselves out of the situation somehow. Don't have an external force come in and save them. Maybe that's wishful thinking, but that's all I want. hmm I agree with that. I
0: think uh that could be that could be an incredible scene, actually, if that if it plays out that way, you know? Because it's going to have to be believable, yet compelling enough that, uh, sorry, believable and compelling enough that that you sort of buy into it, right? And you believe that they could get out of it through their own means, rather than yeah. having some
1: external force. So we no longer have a tiger. So uh, we, the tiger won't save them. Nope. We're, we're all out of garbage trucks, so no more <laughs> garbage trucks can save them. Are you sure uh, we're all out of garbage trucks? There might be more <laughs> hanging around. There might be. So- yeah. You think Heath will show up at the last second? Yes, I do. Actually, and save them. I now I do. Yeah. Oh man. External It'd be nice force. Nice to see Heath again. But come on, <laughs> I, I just I want them to get themselves out of this situation somehow.
0: Maybe Heath is the only male living amongst all the women in Oceanside, and he's he's uh, well I don't know what he's
1: doing, <laughs> but maybe he's there all by himself. Well, that's how both porns and horror stories start. Right. right? (laughs) So he could be chained up. All the porn horror I've seen started that way. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: So, all right, let's move on, man. Chris in Connecticut writes, uh, I agree. It's my turn, right? It is your turn and this is the correct email. So Chris in Connecticut writes, I agree that it must be hard for the writers on the show, especially during season finales and mid-season finales. Some Walking Dead fans want a major death every season finale, so the show feels like it has risks. But there are also those who feel like if a major character is killed off, it is only to improve ratings rather than the story. And some viewers don't like it when lower tier characters are killed off because they feel as if we haven't had enough time with the character to have any emotion towards their death. I wanted to know what you guys would do if you were the writers of such a split audience. So, uh, Jason put on your writer's hat okay, and tell me what you would do if presented with an audience where you just can't please them all.
1: I wouldn't try and please any of them. I'd just do what I wanted. Yeah. That's, that's what it is. You have to do what you want and
0: do your best to tell the story you want and hopefully it works out. And I agree with that. That's what you've got to do. I mean, technically they are making art here, right? And you can't make art you make art for yourself until you release it and then it's for everybody else and they are they can do what they want with it so they got to make the show for themselves the problem is that
1: it's not just art it's a business right well of course it's a business yeah so that's a that's a tough nut to crack having an artistic business that has to make money
0: it it is for sure um and and they're getting paid to do this But I still think you can do that without trying to please everyone. As soon as you start tailoring what you're doing to please somebody else in this kind of thing, right? um, It's bound to fail because by pleasing one person, you're upsetting another. But if you just do it and you let everyone have their own take or opinion on it, then it doesn't matter as much if someone loves it and someone hates it. In fact... That's good because there's some balance of the force there.
1: Yeah. I think the problem is that uh, the show right now is in a car on a slippery road and they're steering and it's starting to get skiddy uh-huh. and they're overcompensating. It's just, they're s- spinning one way and it, <laughs> and it starts to skid. So they jam the steering wheel the other way and it's starting to skid and they jam the steering wheel the other way and it's starting to skid and they're just getting, it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger and they're going to go off the cliff. Right? Yep. What they need to do is bring the car to a complete stop and then start again to drive down the highway, uh, smoothly and consistently. And this time go a little slower and. Yeah. Go a little slower, be in control the whole time. Don't try and overcompensate for whatever appears to be failing. Yeah. That's. that's, that's How do they do that? Just shut down all the storylines that they've got right now and start with some new ones. Wrap it up and start fresh. Yeah. Like we've had a lot of, uh, the last few seasons have all been related to this kind of thing, right? Uh, at least the last two seasons. Uh, what do you mean? Well, Negan has been around. This is the second season for Negan, right? Yep. Yep. Second full season. So we need to, we need to wrap it up. We need to wrap all this shit up in a nice little bow and start off fresh. Start off fresh. Okay. I can see that and I don't want to talk
0: about that anymore right now, <laughs> but, but you're right. I, I mean, but they, they do, the show does that sometimes, you know, they wrap up the the farm and move on from there. They wrap up the, the uh, prison, even though it took the governor two tries to attack the prison in exactly the same way. But they did wrap it up and they moved on. They get to a new place. Uh, Terminus didn't last very long. They get to Alexandria. They kind of wrap that up. And now we're in the Negan era era and we are right in the middle of it. So I don't want them to rush to wrap it up. But, you know, maybe maybe they do need to come to more of a complete stop after this than they have at other times and just just take it easy from here on. Yeah, but I think well, I think the Negan stuff, or at least the, the, the what's going on now in the, this all-out war that we're in the middle of, I think it will wrap up by the end of season eight, and there will be some resolution to it, and season nine will start with something different. That's that's the way I think we're going here.
1: Okay. So I just I guess The only rule I, I'm looking for here is that actions have consequences, mm-hmm. and I I don't feel that we have that right now. We've kind of lost
0: that a little bit. Yeah.
1: We have. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, our next email is long, so it's yours. If you'd like to swap, if I mean, it's a couple of paragraphs. If you want to read one and me read the other, that's fine.
1: Otherwise, it's all yours. All right. Well, we'll see how far I get before I break down into tears. Okay. All right, so Lynn in Atlanta writes, over the past couple of months, I've gone back and rewatched the series from the beginning. I'm at the beginning of season five right now. It's really striking me how much of a better show it used to be. I had It had plenty of action, but the stories were really driven by character. Even minor characters who died fairly quickly were compelling, and even when the cast got big, they found ways to focus on specific individuals and relationships. Remember Bob? He was real, really only in 13 episodes, and yet he felt like a full person. When he died, it hurt there are very few characters left where i would actually be sad uh, if they died because uh, of a f- sorry because with a few exceptions they be- all become much more one dimensional it used to feel like characters drove the story now the characters don't push the story instead the story pulls the characters along take what they did with morgan and Jesus, this season. Morgan's ruthlessness and Jesus's, Jesus's? Yeah. You know, principled pacifism are both big changes from these characters, uh, uh, where these characters have been previously, but the plot required it. So suddenly, here we are with no buildup or explanation. Uh, similar with the Rick and Daryl fight. I actually think conflict between Rick and Daryl has the potential to be really interesting if they give the time and attention it deserves. Instead, these two men who deeply care about each other are throwing punches and we're all wondering where it even came from. All the uh, the ways that they are trying uh, trying to story up interpersonal drama and moral complexity feels like Uh, contrived retreads rather than genuine explorations of imperfect people in difficult situations. I still enjoy the show and, and hopefully for the rest of season eight, but rewatching earlier seasons really crystallized where my dissatisfaction with the last 1.5 seasons have come from. So that is uh, a long email from Lynn in Atlanta that I just,
0: I don't even know that I have anything really to comment on, on that one, but um, I think she summed up her feelings really well. And the idea that the show, she writes the show used to feel like the characters drove the story, but now the story pulls the characters along. Yeah. I think really sums it
1: up really, really well and, uh, succinctly. So, so they're shoehorning characters into, uh, these molds in order to fit what they, the story they want to tell. Like they take Uh, They wanted to have a conflict between two characters where one wants to let the saviors live and the other wants to kill them all. Oh, well, we need to use two characters. Let's have Jesus and Morgan and we'll just play it that way. Jesus wants people to live and Morgan doesn't. Right. Even though the opposite would have made just as much, if not more sense. Like having Morgan want to save all the characters, save all the saviors, and Jesus wants to kill them all.
0: Man, that is um, that is eye opening when you when you put it that way, (laughs) saying that you could have done exactly the same story with the same two characters, but completely flipped it. Yeah, that that almost that all I almost am speechless thinking about that, because that is that is that is insane
1: to have for Morgan. It makes more sense. But Jesus, I mean, we don't, we don't know Jesus that well, so why not have him want to, want to kill everybody? But, but I feel like
0: we know him well enough, right? It's not like he's, he's, uh, it's not like it's, um, oh my God, what the hell's the guy's name that Carol lived with for a short time? Tobin. It's not like it's Tobin. We have no idea what his deal is, right? He's yeah. always in the background. We have Morgan and Jesus and they needed this story beat and they needed this conflict and And they could have done it, oh my god, they could have done it with either character in either role. Yeah. So that's definitely not a character-driven story. I don't even know where to go from that because that is so crazy. I never really even thought of that before, but I think it's 100% true. And yeah, it's not a character-driven dramatic show anymore. It's a story-driven show that the characters they've been working for years to create in a way don't even matter anymore or they've failed at creating them in any meaningful way that they can just interchange them like
1: this yeah it's kind of sad
0: i didn't mean for this email to be so uh (laughs) such a downer at the end but i thought lynn just made a really interesting point
1: but man yeah all right well thanks lynn yeah and the rick and daryl fight like where the hell is that coming from i mean sure brothers fight every now and again but It really came out of nowhere. Well, you you recall, I hated that part of that
0: episode and and I didn't like it at all. And again, Lynn has an excellent point that I think she thinks, and I agree that conflict between Rick and Daryl could be really interesting, but not when it's over something so stupid and, and the motivations behind it seem so meaningless and frivolous. Uh, That was my problem
1: with it. But the fact- Look at the, look at the conflict between Rick and Shane. Way back. I mean, that was, there was, there was a conflict there and that was meaningful. It was
0: not only because Shane was having sex with Rick's wife, but like Shane was influencing his, uh, Carl, Rick's son. And, uh, Shane had a, had a, com- Shane was a more complete character. He had an outlook on the situation they were in that he stuck to and that you believed he could have. And Rick was fundamentally opposed to it at the time. And and that was a, that was a meaningful conflict and, and not just because Shane didn't survive it, but because you really believed that these are two real people that could feel this way.
1: Yeah. And they I spent like... the better part of season two, building that tension up right. to the end of that season and how it, how it turned out. Right. I mean, they, they didn't have any, any buildup with, uh,
0: uh, Rick and Daryl. No, none at all. And when you come back to Morgan and Jesus, you know, Morgan's been around a while and they have built up Morgan's character in one way or another, but frankly he's flip-flopped a couple of times. And and that makes it that just makes it easier for them to use him in whatever way they see fit in the moment. Sometimes he wants to kill everyone, sometimes he wants to kill no one. What do we need for this episode? Yeah, that's going to be frustrating for Lenny James. I got to think it it is. I wonder if he asked to be transferred to fear <laughs> <laughs> can i go
1: on that other show it's like
0: he here is really good <laughs> he requested a trade it's like i'm not happy with the coach anymore i want to be traded i i'm i, I don't I want to play another game for this team
1: yeah well scott kimple's the executive producer for fear of the walking dead next season right oh good point
0: yeah he is he's he, and that's new that's a new thing so yeah Oh man, maybe, maybe Lenny James is like, I gotta, I gotta get out of here. I'm going to go to the other Walking Dead show because it looks great. And as soon as he signed that deal, Scott Gimple walks in the door and says, Hey, I hear we're still going to be working together. Oh, <laughs> man. Restarting Star Trek. Maybe I could be on that. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I'll just join, <laughs> Su- join Sonequa I haven't watched there. that Star Trek at all. I have no idea
1: because it's on uh, Netflix in Canada, right?
0: Uh... It's on something
1: in Canada. I've seen it. Yeah, I've seen the... Somewhere, but I haven't... Uh, I, whatever it's on in Canada, I don't subscribe to, so I haven't seen it. Is it Amazon Prime here? Maybe. Maybe it's Prime.
0: Anyways, you should sp- subscribe to that. I like oh, it. Well, so I can watch Star Trek. And The Tick. The new Tick show is... is I like it a lot. All right. I'm a fan of The Tick. Okay. Anyways, thank you, Lynn, for that. Um, we've got one, two, three, four or so more emails here. And these are all grouped at the end because I consider them spoilery. Some of them are just a little bit speculative on what's coming up on the show. Um, But others spoil things from the comic, definitely. And I do think there is some stuff mentioned in here that's from the comics that is definitely going to make it onto the show. So um, the first one is just a speculation email. Uh, but after that, we definitely get into some spoilers from the comic, and uh, so if you're sensitive to that, then I would probably not listen to the last few few emails here. Yeah, just cut and run. That being said, I do think there's some really interesting stuff here, and uh, I I I, I want to get it on on the show. So, you know, if you're not too concerned with comic spoilers or you have no intention of reading the comics, then don't worry too much about it. But like I said. I think some of this stuff from the comics is going to end up in the TV show. So be warned. Okay. Our first one comes from Perry in Oregon. And Perry says, time for some speculation. <laughs> See, speculate, speculation. Yep. Just to be clear, I do not believe, nor do I hope, that this is the case. But just as a fantastic what if, what if we come back in February to Dr. Carson treating Carl? As a last-ditch effort, he suggests a blood transfusion from someone born post-outbreak, preferably a blood relation, namely Judith. Imagine the eye acting Andrew Lincoln would have to do when having to choose between endangering his daughter in order to possibly save his son. As I think down this idiotic rabbit hole I find myself in, I then think, what if Judith dies in the process to be replaced by baby Gracie? That would explain why Judith is holding Gracie's rabbit in the season premiere or maybe it is Gracie. Uh this is ridiculous but still what if?
1: Okay, so <laughs> let me get this straight. So uh,
0: here's here's the most interesting part I think about this. The most interesting thing I think about this and that is basically that you can't cut off Carl's stomach to stop the infre- infection from spreading, like you can cut off a hand or a foot. But what if you replace all the blood in his body via a blood transfusion? You don't have to cut anything off. You take out his blood and put in new blood. And Wait, that's... Judith the- doesn't have
1: enough blood for Carl. No, she doesn't. for crying alone.
0: Absolutely. But I, I'm, I'm thinking Judith probably isn't your... Uh, isn't your prime candidate for this. I do think, you know, the eye acting and, and Rick having to make that call would be interesting. But, you know, what if Rick could provide blood for his son? And again, I don't know that one person has enough blood in them to just take out all at once and transfuse into someone else. But well, maybe they
1: get 30 people to do it. Right. Maybe they get, get a, a little of bit of blood from person A and person B and person C, as long as you don't get any blood from zombie D, then uh, you're, you're doing okay. And you're doing okay. Right. So, but, but, but I think this idea is
0: fascinating. It's like the blood transfusion is the kind of equivalent of cutting off a hand when you can't cut off a hand, right? So you're trying to you just cut off their blood. Right. You suck it all out and pump new blood in. <laughs> I'm sure they make uh vampires, you know. I'm, well, yeah, exactly. So I'm, I'm, maybe we're going to end up with vampire, Carl, but that would be more shocking Vampire moment. zombie Carl. Yeah. Anyways, I just thought it was a really fascinating idea because I thought to myself, well, there's no way they can save him. He's a goner because you can't cut off his limb. But-
1: The problem with the that situation-
0: Oh, sorry. Go ahead with your butt before I break it. All All it was is, butt. you can replace his blood in theory.
1: Yeah. Except the, the only real problem I see with that is that the infection in the blood is coming from a flesh wound that is infected. True. So you replace all the blood, the flesh wound that is infected is going to infect all that new blood. It's still there. Yeah. No, I get it.
0: I mean, I, I don't think it would work and I, I don't, I, you know, I agree with, uh, harry that i don't think they're going this route but it got my mind going a little bit and i started to realize okay maybe there are ways that they could save him so uh you never know you never know i have some more uh i have some more thoughts on how you might be able to save carl which i do want to get into after we get through these spoilery uh emails
1: is it is it a brain transplant? Because that's that's the
0: ridiculous realm that we get into with the blood transfusion. No, blood transfusion is one step
1: below brain transplant. <laughs> okay. All right. Next, we have an email from Steve in Seattle. So, after watching that dumpster fire of a mid season finale, I looked up some interviews with Scott Gimple, and according to him, killing off Carl serves the story, a story's future somehow. I did a little digging, and spoilers for the comic: at the end of the war, Rick doesn't kill Negan; he captures him and keeps him alive. According to Chandler Riggs, Scott Gimple is trying to figure out a way to get Rick to do this in the show, since right now all Rick wants to see uh, all Rick wants is to see Negan dead. That's why Carl uh, rescued Sadiq, and how that convo with Rick in the flashback about. Uh, and had that convo with Rick in the flashback about saving people versus just killing everyone. Carl's death is going to be the reason Rick spares Negan's life, and that is why I'm quitting the show. Well, um, yeah, here's the thing. Uh,
0: I hope no one's still listening who didn't want to have that little bit of information spoiled from the comics, but it is exactly what happens. Uh, Rick, at the end of this war, captures Negan, keeps him alive, doesn't kill him. And, uh, when you think about how Rick has been behaving and, and what he's been saying up to this point, um, even though he has had opportunity to kill Negan, he hasn't taken it, but all he's been saying is, this is what I want to do. I want to kill this guy. So really given the chance, you'd think that's what he would do, except that that's not the way the comic plays out. And in a way we, you know, for the most part, we know that. Scott Gimple likes to stick to the comics and so needed to find a way to do that. And having Carl die, what Chandler Riggs is saying is the thing that makes Rick realize that maybe mercy is more important than vengeance and therefore lets Negan live at the end of
1: the day. So if I get this right, what this means is that Rick is going to go from a murderous rage, all I want to do is kill him, only him, but he must die, to my son is now dead, therefore I don't want to kill him?
0: Yeah, I think I see where you're going with
1: this. That doesn't make any sense to me.
0: Yeah, but it's the story pulling the characters instead of the characters pull it, pushing the story again. Right. My
1: son, his dying wish was, don't, dad, don't kill everybody. Right. So I'm going to, you know, I'm going to kill, not kill this guy in particular because I want him dead and therefore I would be dishonoring the last wishes of my son if I kill him. So I'm going to put him in a cage for a while. Yeah. You know, I actually,
0: it's funny having just said what I said, I actually don't hate that idea a little bit. You know, Rick is in a murderous rampage after two people were brutally murdered by Negan with a baseball bat. Rick wants to get his vengeance until his own son is killed and then he realizes that maybe death to all is not the answer
1: so it's important to note here that carl is not killed by negan in this scenario not killed by negan but he's
0: i mean i i guess he he's not really even a victim of this war because he he got bit by a zombie and simply died from that uh if he trying to save somebody else. Trying to save somebody else, right? Right. So he's taught, he's taught his father a lesson that trying to save someone um, is more important than, uh, than trying to murder them, I guess, trying to kill them. This makes me think of Star Wars a little bit, but that's for another podcast.
1: <laughs>
0: so, <laughs> yeah. uh, so anyways, um, I'm, I'm conflicted on this one because I do feel like that this is a little bit um, story, pulling the characters, as we've talked about, but at the same time, something huge like that is bound to change your outlook on life, or at least potential has that potential to do so. So if Rick changes his tune after his son is killed trying to save someone else, maybe he decides that that's what I want to do with my life. I want to try and save people uh, and rehabilitate them. <laughs> Yeah,
1: I I just, I don't see the death of his son bringing Rick into that mindset, less murderous rage than he's in right now.
0: Yeah, I know. It's, it's tough to sort of envision that. But what I'm saying is it would take something this big to, um, uh, to do
1: it. And maybe this is it. Maybe Rick, uh, maybe Rick needs to be in a cage. Just like uh, Morgan was with the Cheesemaker. Yeah. that's how uh, Morgan went from murdering everybody to murdering nobody. hmm And then back to murdering everybody. Sure. That's a different thing. But you're right. Maybe Rick needs to be in the cage for a while. Yeah.
0: Maybe this show, maybe the show will turn that whole thing on its head. And uh, instead of Rick capturing Negan, putting him in a cage, maybe Negan captures Rick, puts him in a cage.
1: Maybe. So, okay. So the death of Carl makes Rick think that uh, believe that life is, all life is precious. Mm-hmm. Uh, and therefore we shouldn't kill the living. <laughs> wait, wait a minute. Have we seen
0: that? Have we heard that before? We've seen that before somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know that's a little bit cynical to think of it like that, but, uh, I kind of like the idea that Carl's dying wish, as you put it, was to help people. And that is what turns Rick around. I think that's okay. okay. I mean, that, that means the, the death of his son did have genuine meaning to him and it did affect him in a great deal, which it would. Right. So, well, I hope the writers
1: can really connect those dots because I don't see it.
0: Yeah. That's the main thing. Connect those dots and whether they do it this way or some other way, uh, that's what we want. That's what we want. We want this to be important and meaningful enough that it has a lasting impact on Rick as a character. I think that's all, all it comes down to. Yeah. Okay uh me right greg in minneapolis writes after having just watched the season eight mid-season finale shocker that was carl's death i find myself a bit disappointed that i didn't see it coming if the show plans to stick to the source material as scott gimple clearly enjoys doing then how could the character of carl have made it through the inevitable time jump that happens relatively soon in the comics He's already a teenager, and I don't think even The Walking Dead's incredible makeup department could possibly make Chandler Riggs look 5 to 10 years older in a single off-season. My theory is that they'll have teenage Judith take over Carl's plot lines from the comics moving forward. Why else would they still have her around? Depending on the length of the time jump, they can easily recast a pre-teen or teenage Judith. While she obviously won't be as old as Carl was at the time, perhaps a slightly longer time jump could solve that. This would definitely fit with the show's tendency to hit major comics plot points, albeit with different characters that are alive on the show instead. So just for some context there, and uh, Jason, I feel bad for you having not read this part of the comics, but it's uh, fine. It's a thing. Uh, after Rick puts Negan in the cell, there is a significant time jump in the comics and everyone is older. Um, but Carl is still alive, but older. But see, since Carl is already old on the show, um, the comic jumps to a time where he's about this age. If the TV show jumps forward, he's going to be in his mid twenties. (laughs) Right? Right. And that feels too old. So TV show people have decided to get rid of Carl and take Judith, who is a toddler at this point, jump ahead five years And she's five, six, maybe seven years old, right about the age, you know, well, younger than Carl would be in the comics, but, you know, at an old enough age that she can become a real character on the show rather than just a baby. So interesting, interesting idea. Maybe they saw a problem with Carl being so old because people grow up and this is their way of, of solving that.
1: So he's 18 year old, 18 years old, and he's already getting fired because he's too old. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so, <Okay>. harsh. <laughs> yeah, very very harsh.
0: Uh, but interesting idea. So, I don't know what, how it's going to play out, but you never know. It's I think Greg uh, you know, thought this through and came up with a possible possibility. A possible yeah, but, possibility. Uh, it is plausible. A plausible possible
1: possibility. That's true. All right. All right, last email. This is Justine in Norcal. I'm wondering if anyone else thinks Carl's death, in quotes, is another fake out and he is actually bit by a whisperer. Uh, The group of people in the comic that only camouflage themselves as zombies. Perhaps Sadiq is one of them, but doesn't dress up like the rest of them. And the fact that Carl was helping Sadiq is why they let him go. Okay, so big
0: time spoilers here. The Whisperers are a group that's introduced in the comic after this big time, jump well into the future from where the TV show is right now. And the neat thing about the Whisperers is they don't really use the gourmiflage. They don't smear the guts all over themselves. They will take, they wear, basically they wear zombie masks. So they take the face skin of zombies, I guess, dry it all out and wear it over their heads. So they can, um, they, you'd think they were a zombie coming but they're not. And it's a big reveal in the comic when they're fighting some of these people and you hear them talking to each other and you're like, oh my God, did The Walking Dead just go there and make zombies talk? Then you realize it's not. It's living people wearing these zombie uh, costumes or uh, masks, I mean. (laughs) And so this got me thinking about Carl and how Carl could potentially survive. So blood transfusion is one option. It's way out there. Right. Right. But the other option, Jason, that is a lot more plausible is that Carl was bit by a human, not a zombie.
1: Okay, so would this mean that Chandler Riggs' father was contacted by Scott Gimple saying... Dude, your son's not fired. He was not bitten by a zombie. He was bitten by uh, a new thing that uh, isn't a zombie that was dressed up like a zombie. So he's still on the show. Don't worry. Everything's fine. Your son is not fired. And then that's why he pulled down his Facebook post.
0: Well, yeah, possibly. But what if it goes even deeper than that? What if they they know, they bought bungled the Glen dumpster thing so badly. So they're trying again. And this time, they're committing to it. This time, everybody's on board. And that Facebook post wasn't even a real post. It was posted at the right time to distract people and make them think about something else. What if they're committing to the cliffhanger this time and Carl is not off the show, he's not dead, Scott Gimple's fucking statement was, this bite will play out the way a bite plays out on this show. You know, I could bite you and you're not going to die. Don't bite me. Rick, uh, you know, um, Enid could bite Carl and he wouldn't die because Enid's not a zombie. He might like it. He might like it. Uh, And that would be perfectly in line with what Scott Gimple said.
1: So you think this is all some kind of... Uh, misinformation campaign they've tried this before this is dangerous ground they're treading it's if if
0: this if any of this is true it's extremely dangerous ground
1: so because it
0: could go Uh. so badly but if but i'm saying maybe they learned their lesson and maybe this time this is a a dedicated misinformation campaign uh that that they're they're going for and if they can pull it off they'll be heroes I guess, <laughs> but if not it's it's basically the end of, of the show for everybody.:
1: I don't think they can pull it off. I think that even if they do pull it off, they're not going to be able to pull it off. People are still going to be mad. They're going to be mad because of a fake out. Like we've had fake outs before. Why are you faking us out again? i This is bullshit. I, I quit. I kind of agree with that. like if if we
0: find out that it's that it's all a fake out. I can see people being upset, but I don't see people being nearly as upset with when it was obviously a fake out, but they were, but they were trying to convince us it wasn't and doing stupid stuff like taking his name out of the credits. Remember Glenn? Um, I, I just get, I just don't think that people would be as upset if, if, because everyone would genuinely believe And at this point, I think most people do genuinely believe that Carl is bit. He's going to die. He may have some one last thing to do or it's going to affect the characters in a big way, but he's done. And there's no misinformation here. I'm just saying, what if it is? And if they can pull it off in such a way that nobody sees it coming, even though, you know, we're sitting here talking about it, so in a way we see it coming, but I don't feel like I will be as upset if they manage to do this the right way,
1: if there is a right way to do it. There's no right way to do it. The no. only right way to do it is have Carl die.
0: Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm on board. Like, I, I don't want them to do this. I, I hope they don't, but I'm just saying maybe this is something
1: that they're trying again. I don't know. And yeah. Yeah. Well, no, I'm just, I'm wondering about, uh, you know, I don't, I'm not on Facebook, right? So, no. uh, I assume that, uh, Facebook is a bastion of light and, uh, awesomeness and humanity mm-hmm. and that using a Facebook post to spread misinformation, uh, and therefore using Facebook for some kind of nefarious evil, uh, you know, agenda yeah. is, uh, uh, should I be upset by that? No, probably not. No, so Facebook is just this, it's turned into what the, remember when the internet first came around and everybody depicted the internet as this white fluffy cloud that, you know, was like, oh my God, all these connections are up there in the world and you can connect from any place to any place else and talk to people and it's this white fluffy cloud and then like five years later, it's this dark and stormy cloud that they draw saying that you know be careful of what you do on the internet because it's not a very nice place yeah is facebook like that now it used to be like this awesome place where you go and uh you know meet up with friends and connect with people you haven't seen in a long time uh but now it's a place you go and resent your friends well it's it's not the same as it was but i'm not so sure it's quite like that but yeah okay (laughs) Okay. uh Yes. Well, that's, you know, that's what I, every time I go on there, it's just like, okay, now I get to list, uh, see a whole bunch of people that, uh, that I now resent because they're having, you know, fantastic lives that I assume that they're, everything is fine because they <laughs> posted on Facebook that they're happy. Okay. So where are you going with this? Uh, I'm just wondering if I should be upset that, uh, if this is a misinformation campaign that Chandler Riggs' father posted something on Facebook, uh, that is misinformation. No, I'm, 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 I'm thinking if he did... <sighs> He's part of it, and that's okay.
0: Okay, so I shouldn't be offended for Facebook. No, I really don't think so. <laughs> okay, that's what, basically what I'm getting <laughs> okay. at. Okay. <laughs> um, anyhow, when Justine in NorCal said maybe he was actually bit by a whisperer, it just means that this is a, a living person who's bit him acting as a zombie. What? Now, it's, it didn't what? look Why like— Why would they do that? It w- would
1: they do that? Would the whisperers do that? In the comic, would they bite somebody pretending to be a zombie? Well, they,
0: they move around as zombies, as, as basically as camouflage. I don't know. Would they bite somebody? I can't think of a time in the comic where they've any, where they've bit anyone.
1: But would they bite somebody? And then, you know, when Carl shoots him in the head, before he shoots him in the head, would they go, wait, 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 because that's what I would do. After I bit somebody dressed up as a zombie and were about to shoot me, I'd be like, hold on, I'm not a zombie. I bit you. Yes. And that's bad, but it's not as bad as it could be. Right. I'm alive. Right. And that's the part that's,
0: if, if any of this has, there's any truth to it, that's the part that's going to bother me the most that, that, um, you know, you go back and watch that scene and it's, when you, when you look for it, you can see. Carl being bit and you can see him upset by it. I don't think you can, there's any indication that those aren't real zombies that he's fighting. Right. And if they, if they, if they're going to do it one way for the bite, they got to do it that way for the potential, the other potential reveal as well. And I don't think they have, but all I'm saying is I'm, I'm just trying to play the other side for a minute here. And I still believe that Carl is dead. I still believe that He was bitten by a zombie and that's it. He's done. But what if he's not? And I'm just trying to kind of entertain every possible outcome here. And with The Walking Dead and their track record and what we know about Scott Gimple, I think there is, I think still at this, at this moment in time, every possible outcome still exists.
1: Yeah. Right. You know, Scott, if you're listening, please don't do this. Like don't, (laughs) don't do it you know, back out. There's still a chance to kill Carl. Well, not if he's shot the whole second half of this season. Well, and, and,
0: and here's the thing when Glenn just don't show it, just quit. When Glenn Stop. was, um, under the dumpster before we knew he survived, we kind of did know he survived because, um, spoilers came out. People saw him on set, right? They're like, oh, what yeah. Stephen Young was doing, and we doing saw still his there. intestines being pulled out of his
1: chest. I mean, there was also that.
0: Sure, right? there was also that. But people like there, that that was in the height of Walking Dead spoiler websites, right? They're still out there. People getting spy shots and stuff like that of the sets. So information about Glenn came out in that in those spoiler uh, sites and Facebook pages back then. I don't know to this point that we have seen anything from the second half of this season indicating that carl's been around he's been on set you know he's been doing anything so that makes me think yeah indeed he hasn't been filming in a while and he's he's a goner and then there's one more thing this week he cut his hair
1: (laughs) oh chandler
0: riggs officially cut his hair that's
1: that's the haircut
0: thing that's your haircut theory it is he cut his hair he's a, a, a remarkably good looking young man with a proper haircut that that long hair did not work for him at all
1: <laughs> no i mean this is it's not the 70s
0: no it's not at all but anyways he cut his
1: hair he's he posted had a big, pictures a huge bushy beard that hair would work sure but he's a little young for that well he is a little young but you know so you know you take it where you can but sure. you know grow a big bushy beard like jesus has really long hair and a big bushy beard it works for him it works yeah, yeah so yeah you, you know you can't just grow your hair out. At least put it in a top knot or a man bun. You know, <laughs> people do that now. They sure do.
0: But that's, that's because they're bald on top and they pull the long hair from the sides up over and tie, hide their bald spot. Smart. Uh, anyways, <laughs> he cut his hair, uh, and he looks great. And that sort of indicates to me that he was only hanging onto that hair long enough for this reveal to take place. So bottom line is I think Carl's dead uh there's going to be a little bit more story with him when we come back for the rest of season 8 but then he'll be dead and you know we have to deal with that fallout but if this is some kind of massive misinformation campaign and this is actually a cliffhanger and he's going to survive somehow and Carl will still be on the show moving forward i am curious to see how that all plays out and how it goes
1: down maybe the haircut is to make him look older for the time jump
0: see what i mean there are ways to explain everything my friend i almost think he looks younger with the haircut to be honest so maybe right. they're de-aging him a little bit but
1: maybe then you know you put on a, l- a little bit of a beard so if he's in his mid-20s he can grow a bit more of a beard mm-hmm. like a, at least a patchy one sure yeah exactly right Not so, like the big manly you know, he... beards
0: you and i can grow What's that? Not like the big manly beards you and you and me grow. Well, mine's still kind of spindly sometimes. It, it kind <laughs> of annoying. You grow a much better beard than I, I I ever did. Oh, thanks, man. <laughs> so, uh, so uh, yeah. So there you go. I just I think there are ways to explain this. Whatever way they go, and um, part I have a little bit of morbid curiosity about what it would be like if they actually tried to. Fake us out and have Carl survive.
1: Well, they they can't do it. They can't. They, we have too many trust issues already. The ratings are in the toilet. Uh, <laughs> there's trust issues. We had the Glenn fake out. Characters are interchangeable. Characters are interchangeable. No, they they can't. They can't do it. If if they're if they were thinking of doing it, somebody should have talked them out of it. Yeah, I hope
0: so. But come on, man we've we've had things before where it's like. Nobody, nobody stepped up in the writer's room and said, guys, this is a bad idea, you know? Uh, so why would it start now? But see, see, we have trust issues. Anyways, we do have some trust issues, I think. And after this podcast, it, uh, you know, it does make it sound like we really don't enjoy this show. And, and I, I can't explain <laughs> it, but I mean, I can't explain it. But I do really enjoy the show. I like watching it. I like talking about it. I like doing this here, uh, when it's good, when it's bad. And every episode has, for me, good and bad in it, pretty much. Very few are all bad and very few are all good. Um, so this is a little bit negative today, I think, but it is. I still... I just
1: think we need a, uh, we need to sit down and write a Walking Dead manifesto. Uh-huh. And, uh, just a set of rules... To live by.
0: Actually, that's a good idea, right? Like, here are the rules that we think make this show great, or or when they stick to them, it makes the show great. And when they break these rules, that's when we run into problems. And I think yeah. lately they've just been breaking the rules a little bit more than they, they have in the past. Rule number one, actions have consequences. Mm-hmm.
1: Rule number two... Uh, Less something ASX about Machina. Car- yeah, no days ex machina. Yeah. Uh, rule number three: uh, Characters will have character. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> will not that. have uh, interchangeable characters. <laughs> characters will have character. That's good. Yeah. That says characters it all characters right will not have interchangeable characteristics. Let's say or motivations. Yeah, yeah. You know, that like, one.
0: That one could maybe use a little work, but you uh... can
1: use, use a little work. But this is uh, this is this is the rule. Uh, you know, I was thinking about the, the Walking Dead and Breaking Bad. And even Better Call Saul, which, uh, you know, such good shows, uh, all three, really. But, uh, you know, when things happen in Breaking Bad or when it happened in Breaking Bad, there were consequences. Like Mm -hmm. they would try and do something, it would turn to shit, and it would continue to be shit. They wouldn't get saved by Mike showing up in a dump truck and plowing through friggin'. Fring's store in order to save the day out of nowhere, like shit would happen and that shit would have consequences. And it was awesome. Yeah. You're very, you're absolutely correct. So just, you know, don't have people, you know, lions or tigers or bears jumping out of nowhere, saving the day or dump trucks like coming out of absolutely nowhere. Mm-hmm. I like didn't even make any sense. Where did they get the dump truck? Why were they in the dump truck? I mean, they, played it out later but at that time it was it was it might as well have been a bolt of lightning from god <laughs> it might as well
0: yeah we don't want that to come into the show no all right well that's it i just um that's all our our email and our feedback for today uh and i just wanted to end with that sort of concept that there are ways that carl could survive this i don't know if they're good And I don't think they're going to go for them. But when I started thinking about it, everything that's being said and everything that's being shown to us on the show is kind of in a way it could fit into either scenario. And that's all I wanted to point out. And we'll find out what happens in two months.
1: Don't mince words. You're not going to be taken to court over what exactly you said and how it wasn't precisely a lie. This is the, uh, the statement from Scott Gimple where he says that, that he has been bitten and it'll play out like a bite in, uh, a bite should, or whatever that quote was. Yeah. Um, don't mince words. You're not going to be taken to court and say, you know, I didn't lie. Just fucking lie. If you're going to lie, say, yeah, Carl's got bit. He's going to die. Um yeah. You're and right. then make it not true. You're <laughs> lying to us anyway. So if you're gonna lie, just lie. Yeah. Well, all right. If you're gonna
0: lie, everyone, just lie. But mostly tell the truth.
1: Yeah, mostly. All right.
0: Only lie for good, not for evil. There you go. Okay. So that was a lot of feedback. All kinds of good stuff there. And like I said off the top, I still have like 50 unread emails and probably more coming in right now in uh, our email account. So I'm going to get around to reading those uh, and we are going to bring them to you if if we can, because I'm sure there's good stuff in there as well. Now, Christmas is coming up in six days, so Jason and I are probably not going to be recording on Christmas or the days around Christmas. So we'll have to see what the next uh, available time is because I also want to review Star Wars and I want to see Star Wars again before I feel comfortable talking about it too much and that is just going to mean you know I gotta find time to do that as well. So we'll figure it all out everyone but uh, in the meantime, thank you for tuning in and I hope you have a great holiday season uh, and doing whatever it is you do over the holidays uh, so, that's with that said, uh, if you want to get in touch with us, you know the drill. You can send your email to talking at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at Talking Dead or on Facebook at facebook.com slash the Talking Dead. And also visit the website talkingdeadpodcast.com and click on the send voicemail link to uh, send us some audio messages, which there are a bunch of in the uh, email account that have been sent in, which I just haven't listened to yet because I did most of this on the plane and I couldn't really download the audio properly on the plane so i'm just gonna stop making excuses and move on from here (laughs) uh all right jason um are you going to see Star Wars again, or are you just the one time
1: viewing of it? Uh, well, it depends on when we're going to talk about it, uh, whether I'll see it before we talk about it, because uh, I'm kind of busy. I'm all full up for the holidays. I'm not sure I'll have a, a break. I might be able to take my mom. She might go go for it. Yeah, like, hey, mom, you want to go see Star Wars? The Maybe. An- the answer might be yes. It, it could be. I don't know. I can't. Rem- I have no idea when the last time she actually went to see a movie. Yeah. She might say, there's new Star Wars? <laughs> she might, she might say they got movies and theaters now. <laughs> no, she used to like to go see movies and stuff. But, oh man, uh, I think it's probably been in the neighborhood of ten, fifteen years since she's seen a movie well, in a theater. That that,
0: that came off, that came off like I was saying she was old, and I didn't mean it that way.
1: <laughs> no, it's just
0: it's been a long time, so she might be up for it. Well, I I saw the uh, Force Awakens with my dad and one and the kids, so yeah, do it. All right. Well, I want to see Star Wars again because I have a lot of thoughts on it, but it's a movie that needs to be seen more than once. I I need to see it again because I want to clear something up in my mind before I talk about it. Right. That's the thing. I I have a bunch of those things I want to clear up. So we'll do what we can everyone. Um, Thank you for sticking with us this week when we weren't around for the normal feedback show. Uh, But we've done a lot here and we got more to come. So... That's going to do it Uh, until next time, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. And until next time, my name is Chris. My name is Jason. Thanks for listening.
1: Ciao.